Hey guys, it's your favorite final girl and boy, Emily and Nick, coming at you with a new episode of Gag Me With a Knife, a weekly podcast where we dissect, disembowel, and shred the best and worst slasher movies. This week we'll be doing things a little different, as this is our uh, Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. We will not be covering the remake. We all know it's probably the worst remake ever. We have a special guest, Brad Fowler, to give us some hot takes and help us rank our favorite nightmares on Elm Street. Our favorite kills, our favorite final girl of the series. And since Brad's our special guest, uh, let's hear what he thinks about our favorite uh, child molester. What's your least favorite, Brad? All right. Uh, on the bottom of my list, uh, just uh, a lot changed for me, this run through of these movies. And this time, my least favorite viewing was Freddy versus Jason. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. I told you, it's going to be a weird one. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but no, this time I didn't like it at all, which this is the only movie I saw on opening night. Yeah. Loved it. Didn't like it for a while. About five years ago, fell in love with it again. This time I was like, it was hard to get through. Yeah. It was the hardest to get through for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. No, it's a weird one, but I just didn't enjoy it this time. Nick, what's your least favorite? Dream Child, number five. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's. I, I think it's the week. Some of the uh, special effects are really cool, and I do like the uh, fleshing out of what is it? Uh, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs or whatever. Like, right. Uh, you know the uh, you know it's it's got some ridiculous stuff in it, but it's basically a movie about motherhood. Yeah, I agree. Part five is definitely my least favorite. Uh, I, do, I do like Baby Freddy. Is he though? Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of. It's Dan, Dan and Alice's baby. Yeah, yeah, but Freddy's the one that's getting in there. That's true. Okay, well, in it. we agree on that one. So, um, Brad, what's your uh, next least favorite? My next least favorite was Dream Child. But let me tell you, um, I actually enjoyed it a lot this time. I think it's going to start climbing up on the list. Like, uh, I think the deaths in it are super cool. The eating death, I like that one. I like it. That's the one. No, is that the one with the motorcycle death? Yeah, I like that one a lot. That's how Dan dies at the beginning. Yeah, 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 the motorcycle death, and I like the comic book death. The way they like shot it and made everything black and white. When he when he cuts him as a comic book, he drains all all the color instead of blood or whatever, all the ink. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, you know that's not the comic book one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's oh, in yeah, five. you're right. It and it doesn't five also have Super Freddy, yeah. the superhero. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, you're right because yeah. he gets shredded in, yeah. in the cartoon. Yeah, I'm so used to seeing it get shat on, and it's definitely the one I've seen the least. And this time, I was like, I don't have a problem with it like I used to. I was like, I think after watching these, if I'm going to go, the next one I'll go back and watch is probably going to be five. <laughs> I think I would watch it again just to, like, see, but I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, what's your next to least? Uh, number, so if we're going from eight to one, so yeah. this will be number seven. Uh, it's Freddy versus Jason, but not because I don't like it. Um, I, I, honestly, uh, what what was the thing you didn't like the most about it, Brad? I just didn't like those damn kids anymore i don't know I, it was, I agree with it's that. weird Final how it like opens up with the freddy narrative and stuff yeah, yeah, where yeah. he's like catching you up i yeah i don't know i just didn't like it it time. really makes jason an anti-hero in that one and the final girl is awful in that one well it's but. also it's also got that bully kid from what is it a, a christmas story or whatever he, yeah. he's in it briefly yeah. so he's still getting some work and it has the jason muse character 
where it's like yeah, Jay, yeah, the stoner kid, yeah, 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 but it's so based off that that it's weird. Mm. And um, also, I understand that it's necessary for like uh, for like both Jason and Freddy to have their kills. But there are so many damn kids and cast members in that one to where, like, most of these movies have, like, four to six teenagers. There's, yeah. like, ten. Oh, yeah. In that, so it's, like... Well, then there's hard a to, whole party death, too. Yeah. Fire. yeah. Yeah. It's just hard to kind of uh, feel for a character or give a shit yeah. when there's... Like a dozen of them. Well, did you notice? I, uh, I like this uh, just because, in an antagonistic point of uh, point of view, uh, the the kid in it that's supposed to be like the nerdy kid, you know, that's supposed to, you know, he's like, you know, you feel for him. He's being bullied on, and he's got a crush on the main girl or whatever. And you, you know, most movies would be like, well, at the end, she's going to see that he's good. No, he dies, and the hunky idiot gets her anyway. So it's like, no, nerds, there's no hope. Uh, oh yeah, was he in love with her? I thought he was in love with Kelly Rowland. Is that the Destiny's Child chick? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he was trying to get both of them, but he doesn't get either. <laughs> he was just casting yeah, out he, a bunch yeah, of lines. I think he was just kind of pissing in the wind with that one. Like, uh, yeah. oh, my my, set, uh, my next least favorite is a uh, new nightmare. What? Oh, come on! Sorry, um, I don't like the meta ness of it. At, at that point, I was like, okay, it's not canon. I I mean, I just didn't. Whatever, fuck it. I don't care. Like I didn't give a fuck Whatever, about it. Fuck like, it. <laughs> I don't. There's really That's not a, directed right at Wes Craven. Uh, sorry, Wes. I mean, you're dead. So I mean, I, I don't think you'd care for me to say this. So you know, whatever. It's better than Swamp Thing. Okay, but I, we're not listing. That's not part of this list. Well, it's, that's what it's turning into as a Wes Craven <laughs> retrospective. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just I didn't care about her kid. I didn't care about her. I don't yeah. care about. But some of the what, deaths were cool. I yeah, but some of the de- the deaths in five were cool too. But I mean, I still don't like it. All right, next on the list is cursed. Shut the fuck up. Okay, Brad, next. All right. This used to be my favorite installment, but number six, I've got Freddy's Revenge. Just because... Oh, yeah. I feel like it's been talked about so much the past years. I've just kind of... Past few years, I'm kind of on burnout on it. But I do enjoy it a lot. And one thing I really enjoy about it is, like, the opening scenes, the first time that, like, we're going to Freddy land kind of. Yeah. Yeah. To where like, um, the entire first movie, he's kind of messing with the environment that would already be around like a house an alleyway, take you to a boiler room. But with like the school bus doing like some wily coyote type, like, you know, changing the entire sentence. Like you go from a neighborhood to like this Canyon, like immediately. Uh, Well, then later he's like blowing up birds and shit. Yeah. Like it's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a, I would say, uh, even though they all feature a boiler room, that is the the sweatiest of the series. So six is your next, still next one down. Yeah. Okay, what's yours? Uh, For number six, it'll be Freddy's dead. And I'm not talking shit about that one either. And everybody will. Well, that's the same one. No, it's not. Freddy's revenge is number two. Yeah, Freddy's Freddy's dead dead. is number five or number six. Oh, I thought you said Freddy. I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were talking about Freddy's uh, Freddy's dead. No, 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 no. Freddy's dead is number six. I thought that was gonna be your number one, honestly. No, I I love Freddy's dead. It's more of a comedy and a spoof of its own uh, source material, which I mean, it's Robert England and everything. But uh, Yafet Kodo's in there from Alien uh, lore and all that stuff. It's it's really good. Everybody shits on it. 
Um, I love it. I've loved it since I was a kid. I've all, I remember going to Blockbuster when I was a kid and seeing that poster and just being like, man, I bet that movie's the shit. And I still love it. It's goofy as fuck and it needs to be there. Uh, it is also. And the deaths are cool. That's also my next one down is Freddy's Dead. Uh, I do like the stupid um, video game. I love it. Shit. Yeah, I love it. And I do like Roseanne being in it. Sorry if that's offensive. She is in that, yeah. Uh, and with Tom, I think she was with Tom, in mm-hmm. Tom Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, yeah. It's the when they were still Tom and their... Roseanne Arnold. Yeah. The Roseanne Barr Arnold era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, sorry about her life or whatever, if y'all fucking care. So. Hey, she, she had her time. Yeah, 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 but no, I like that part a lot too. As Tom, well. Tom Arnold's still cool. No, he's not. He was never cool. Well, no, he's always cool. Dude, I love Tom Arnold. Yeah. True like lies? Come coke, on, man. Coked up dickweed. Oh, God. That's how we like him. Uh, yeah. I still, yeah. They they still have that like abandoned house they started building in Iowa or whatever. It's Tom Arnold there. has an abandoned house in Him Iowa. And an, he, and, he and Roseanne. Is that is it like it's a roadside attraction now or something? No, I don't think <laughs> where love to go died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the greatest love of all. Yeah, <laughs> the day the laughter died. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, that yeah that nothing. There's one TV in there and it's only playing Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Roseanne. No, <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> it's just playing Meet the Stupids or whatever that fucking movie Tom Arnold was in the Stupids. Yeah, the Stupids. <laughs> Well, apt, aptly titled. So, Brad, what's that? This is, I guess, your fifth least favorite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but, they're they're getting more and more favorite as we go yes. down the number. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We're, this we're, is your first least favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Number one will be your first least favorite. I don't yeah. like any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> this shit sucks. You all owe me money for watching these do this to me. Yeah, we hate all of these movies. Um. Yeah. No, Brad. What's next on your list? Next up, it's Freddy's Dead. Ah. Which, uh, fun fact about Freddy's Dead, I saw it when I was five years old. This is the first movie that ever scared me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fun because it it's so cartoonish. And so, yeah, because Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, rest, rest of the really movie was a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> then no, then I realized I, she was on primetime television and it really fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. I watched a baseball game and I was just like, I can't play baseball now. Got home from school one day, flipped on the TV, and had a fucking freak out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what was it that actually scared you about it? I don't think it was Roseanne. No, I was just it was one of the first horror movies I've ever seen, and you know that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. You're five yeah I think it, it came out in '91, and uh, Freddie. I mean, I, Jason Goes to Hell came out around the same time. Jason like. Goes to Hell is 93. Yeah. yeah. So, a little bit later. I remember 91. seeing both of those like come out. I don't think I saw them when they came out. Because the first one I saw was four. Uh, uh, so. it, uh, Jason Goes to Hell is like, uh, everybody well, the hates first that one, one and did. I like it, even though I, I understand why everybody hates that movie. Yeah, it's my least favorite. So, oh, I like it. Well, we'll say that I'll say it again. Fallen did it better. I know. I know. I know. I know how the mind worm works. Yeah, I actually saw the first one first when i was like two but i had barely remember but the one i remember like picking out to see first was the fourth one so. yeah yeah but, but uh, I, I agree with brad whenever we were about five years old uh, i remember yeah freddie's dead being the poster on like you know the movie theater or the uh the blockbuster and everything that was like the one yeah. i gravitated to towards first and at that point he was like totally a pop i mean big time pop culture it had icon. been yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah for a long um, time yeah it had the show and everything so uh yeah it was and I think number five was the one of the last slashers to come out of the 80s, because that was 89. And then 
96, you know, was the beginning of the 90s, so kind of saw the, the, down, the, first the downfall clip, of horror. The first clip I ever saw of one, and it did scare me, was from The Dream Child, and it was a clip on Arsenio Hall when he had Robert England on. And, oh, uh, yeah. And it did scare me back Did then. he have him on as Freddy Krueger? Because no, he did no, that no, with no. Ja- he did that with uh, Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, but no, no, he just had him on as Robert England. What was your next one? Uh, number five uh, of my least favorites. Yeah, I can't believe this. I'm very pissed at it's, what I'm looking Dream at. It's Dream Warriors, but I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's one of the better <laughs> ones. It's just not my favorite. Uh, I like it a lot, and I think some of the kills are amazing. And uh, has the I think it has the best kills. And uh, oh, Heather Ling and Camp Nancy comes back for this one. John Saxon dies in it, and uh, and I'll get Zaddy, I'll get to, Zaddy, 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 Saxon, Zaddy, Zaxon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'll get back to, uh, to I've got something to say about John Saxon's death later. I got something to say. I got a lot of things to say about Zaddy Saxon. Uh, yeah, oh well, yeah, yeah. He, no, he's a hunky guy. He's drunk in this one too, and I like it. <laughs> oh, he's uh, yeah. <laughs> he's real drunk in this one. That's what's funny to watch him go from the first movie where he's got like the Miami Vice yeah, white yeah. suit and shit to just like security guard outfit. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like throwing he's back whiskeys. Paul like, Blart. And he's totally got the karate kimono from Enter the Dragon on under that police uniform. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I think Dream Warriors is great. Uh, I just like the other ones after this are my favorite for the the ones I would go to before uh, I went to. But I'm not saying Dream Warriors is bad. I love it. It's it's everybody says it's the best one. I, I sort of agree with them as far as movie goes, but it's I think it's awesome. But like I said, it's better than the Dream Child. It's better than uh, Freddy's Dead. My next one is uh, Freddy versus Jason. That's my number five. Uh, I mean, it's fine. I kind of it's it's straight up in the middle for me because I don't like the pe- I don't like the cast of characters like the kids. They're like awful. They're completely awful. But I do like some of the kills. I do like that they make Jason a uh, anti-hero. I mean, he's already been an anti-hero at this point, but he's really an anti-hero in this one. So, uh, and I like that you're kind of rooting for Jason because I do like Friday the 13th more than Nightmare on Elm Street as a whole in a franchise. So, but I mean, it has that cool kill at the beginning with the bed. But besides that... I mean, Jason, what, what, what Jason had already done that again? in part six, I think, of uh, Friday Thirteenth. So, what is the kill at the beginning again? With the in bed? the bed, he the guy's in the bed, and he like, uh, stabs him with the machete and folds him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But that final girl is the worst. Oh, then, then, yeah. la- then later in the movie, doesn't the like the, the doesn't the girl have like a, an illusion of the guy who had been folded up in bed? And he's like, "Hurry up, babe, get me a beer, bitch." He's yeah, like, the, he's, but he's like yeah. in the cornfield. Oh, or he's whatever. the one. He's the one that's like, I, I, "I'm not gonna fuck you if you've been smoking cigarettes or whatever." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because yeah, uh, that's how guys really act. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's gonna stop me. Yeah. Um, all right. What's next for you, Brad? Uh, my number four was Dream Warriors. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy it this time. Like, it's weird because yeah, crazy. it's I was thought it was going to be close to my favorite, but this time, and it's also I don't know. Um, yeah, it didn't click this time like it should have. <laughs> like it seems to. I was just like, eh. Well, I do like the characters in it. It's the first one where he gets really like with the one-liners. Yes, and I like that shit. Yeah, but, no, me too. But it's also, I don't know, for so many of these, like, movies, instead of, like, most slashers where your death scenes are built around, like, makeup effects, most of these 
are like camera tricks and like building sets and stop to, like, motion. There's some Harry Allison in there, man. Yeah. The, the skeleton at the end, the skeleton battle in the junkyard. Yeah. When we get to the kills, I mean, like. Uh, I also like that actor who plays the doctor in there whenever he meets John Saxon in a bar and shoves the sheriff of the town up against the, like, you know, all around the bar, turns the table over, and nobody in the bar bats an eye like, man, yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really don't like that doctor. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, the main doc, like the guy or the woman? Uh, the guy. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't like, like him. him this time. He was like, uh, I thought he was cute. Yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, I'll just base it off that. Uh, Nick. Yeah. What's your next one? Uh, my next one will be um, part four. Uh, dr- oh, no, Not no, part no. four. No, no, no. My next one will be number four. It's uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That movie fucking rules. That's uh, one of the coolest. It's different. Uh, um, it's a meta. Uh, sure. Yeah, but, but it was before meta was a common thing. No, to no. be exploring. Yeah, and also, man, uh, I, was, I always like it when they give Freddy a new look. You know, they kind of did it in number two with his glove or whatever. Uh, like, yeah, I guess he, this was meta before Scream. Yeah. So, yeah. And, he was, yeah. He was, like, yeah, playing around. He, 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 like, he was playing around with it, I guess, at this point. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's a great movie. I think some of the effects are cool. Uh, some of the CGI is a little outdated, but that's what all movies were back then. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's cool. I, I like the look of Freddy. I like the uh, the whole... Uh, what is it? He's He's a... A demon who attached himself to the character and mm-hmm. idea of Freddy, and now he's manifesting. And it's like I thought that was pretty cool, you know. And yeah. it, and I like I like all the meta stuff. Like instead of it being Nancy, it's he's coming for Heather Langenkamp. Like I think that's really cool. But yeah. she then she turns into Nancy. They all do. They all start like yeah, uh, forgetting, more, and like yeah. even John Saxon's in there, and she's yeah. like dad and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's really cool. And especially that scene with Wes Craven. He was like, I wrote the script. I unleashed him. And it's like, God damn it, Wes. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah, she goes and sees him. And he's like, basically, it's all my fault. And she's like, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, yeah much no, that's, lower yeah. on my list. But um, what's what's your next one? Your fourth. Did you do your fourth? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I should do mine. Mine's number two, Freddy's Revenge. Um, and it's not because I don't like it, although the my top three are very close, and this one is much further down. Like, there's a big gap between my top three and this one. Um, oh, oh, you made that really clear when we met the, the star of the movie, Mark Patton. You go, it's not my favorite, it's his, but no, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, holy shit. Well, I wasn't going to lie to him. <laughs> she gets the picture signed by him oh, and, and she leaves it, it on the table and goes over to another star I have to go get it and I went over there and looked at the main two stars Mark Patton and I can't remember I think her name's Kim, Kim Myers the, uh, and I was like it shows how much Meryl she fucking Street. cares you know? like well okay and not he was, my favorite he was really nice later oh so, he's really cool but yeah whatever yeah, Mark Patton if you ever want to be on the podcast hit us up we love you yeah <laughs> I do. <laughs> I liked him in real life. Sure. But I also maybe, lo- maybe he could come on here and you can clear this up with him. Brian Brimmer, I also really loved, though, too. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, but uh, what's your number four, Brad? No, we're in the top three I'm now. We're in the top three now, yeah. Top three. My number three was the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow, that's your third? third? It's in number three, yeah. Like I said, my my list is wacky. Why, why, is, why is it... Your, like, can you explain that a little bit? Well, in a nutshell, I like the next two more. 
Well, no, 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 I mean, no, 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 no. thank you for that. No. That that may that yeah. really the function of my list um, dictates. Okay. So what I noticed when I was like rewatching it was I really do enjoy how it doesn't look like an American horror movie. Are you guys pick up on that vibe that mm-hmm. looks more like an Italian movie? The way it's lit up and like it's shot and stuff. It's very and then there's blue. these like moments where it is very American. Like when um, I think it's the Rod character. Is, yeah, he's Tina's boyfriend. He's yeah. on the run from law. That looks really American. Like, well, but I, a lot of it because it, it's a weird thing where the the fifth like, one has that kind of dark blue tint to it as well, but. Yeah. Well, it's like almost like some of the shots were only like they were like looked uh, non-American shots like uh, like when Tina's getting killed, they kind of have to shoot it from behind Rob's shoulder because he's like strapped in to that rotating room or whatever. So maybe it's by proxy of like special effects. Well, also, I mean, I I know what you mean, though. They did. They did a lot with the amount of money they had, which was nothing. When you compare it to like, I mean, I guess like William Friedkin with the. You talking about Wes Craven got tons of money off Last House on the Left. Yeah. Yeah, the Hills Have Eyes is a real cash cow. <laughs> yeah, Small yeah. thing was an overnight success. <laughs> Top five in the box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? What's your number three? Uh, my number three will be a uh, number. It'll be uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four: The Dream Master. That movie fucking rules. The special effects are so wacky. Uh, this is getting. This is the first one. Not, so, Dream Warriors. Yeah, he's getting a little goofy in one liner. He's he's full uh, full blown full yeah uh, Freddy by this uh, he's full 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 blown yes so but uh, no no I think it's great and uh, I'll get back to it but uh, that cockroach transformation yeah. is fucking amazing yeah um that's also my third favorite I guess yeah yeah uh, Dream Master it's the first one I ever saw. I don't know why I picked that one up and not the first one, but, but I was like, I want to watch this one. Not, but, I mean, multiple people try to kick uh, Freddy's ass with kung fu in that. No, and it's just one guy. Is this that no, one No, 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 because then no, she, no. she gets all of their powers. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So she starts, yeah. like, kickboxing his ass, and it's yeah. awesome. Well, well, it's also, I think, with, like, the renting movies back in the day... It's like you would end up with like four or five because like dream, people had stolen the copy of Dream Warriors mm. in the original one. So you would end up like, do you remember that? Like movies that would be perpetually rented out. Oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I know this fucking like 20 year old movie or 15 year old movie isn't like constantly mm. being checked out. Dude, yeah. I think that's kind of it's like, well, it, well our I picks were there because in. Dream or well, Dream I, Master. I also like in Dream Master that they're the only kids uh, thus far in the series that uh, f- can figure out for the most part that they're dreaming in the dream because Freddy like sticks them in a time loop and then after like the third time they're like, God damn it, man. <laughs> and like, was, all right. Uh, like, fun, I, I thought that was pretty good. I don't, they haven't said this yet. They finished um, the first part of the Stranger Things season four. Okay. And it steals. Basically, I mean, there's so much of the Dream Master in, oh, yeah. in Stranger Things season Does four. Does she show up? All over the place. <laughs> but Robert England's in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is he Freddy? No. Then I'm not watching. <laughs> but no. Yeah. But uh, there, there's things. so much shit in there. And there that's like the time loop stuff and like just cool things that happen in there. And, you know, the, the cockroach death is not on my list, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it's my honorable mention. Uh, it's of my fucking favorite deaths. Awesome. Yeah, I mean all the all the gore in that movie is really good. So oh yeah, uh, yeah. Brad, what's your number two? My number two is Dream Master. Hell yeah! It was almost number one. That was 
going through these or watching through these this time, I was really surprised at how much I love Dream Master and Dream Child. But Dream Master, and I also think that Dream Master is a better movie than Dream Warriors now, which was not an opinion I had before this run through. I think that, well, I think it's cool that Master and Five go together. They're like companion pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of three as well, but you you just have a different actress playing. Yeah, there's like connecting people. Yeah, it connects. Three, four, and five really connect. No, Patricia Arquette wanted that fucking paycheck and they weren't going to put it up. New Line didn't have the cash, didn't have the jack. Nope. Nope. Even though this was the the highest grossing franchise after one... I think it was higher grossing than uh, the Friday Friday the 13th movies. I see that. Yeah, because it's more marketable, you know. Yeah, I mean, this dude used to sell soda pop and shit. <laughs> like, uh, it was hard to do that with Jason Voorhees. Yeah, that's true. Although, no. yeah, because well, like, he well, doesn't Fre- talk. Well, Fre- yeah, Freddie talked, and then yeah. he became the, and they the stopped lovable, telling they, the they, they, child fondler. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't talk about the fact that he was a child molester. They just said he was a child killer. So I guess people mm-hmm. were like cool with that or whatever. He killed him, but he never touched him. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, what's your number two? My number two will be Freddy's Revenge, uh, number two. I know this is kind of now getting in uh, chronological order, but uh, no, the movie's fucking awesome. I don't care what anybody says about the homoerotic stuff, which it is. Uh, It's a very, very sweaty, strange. It's uh, it's like New Nightmare. It's different. It doesn't fit in at all. And I like I like the werewolf Freddy. I like this kid's like becoming Freddy and everything, and it's like really really the cool. American werewolf and Freddy. Pretty much. And then I like that part where you know he becomes Freddy, and then he just runs around a pool party like fucking kids up, and like there's like tons of kids that could fuck him up, but nobody will. <laughs> yeah. One dude even tries to make peace with him. He's like, hey man, it's okay. Do you want a beer? And it's like they're yeah. trying to party with him. He's well, still you pretty size... dark in that one too. And, he, and he's shorter than some of these kids too. He's just oh, like he's, scampering like, around him. Yeah. Well, you got to size someone up before you fight him and then sometimes when you're sizing someone it's like oh wow he just lit the pool on fire yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. i don't think kids i got are, what it yeah, takes kids are boiling to death in the fucking pool <laughs> yeah. yeah no i think that one's awesome and uh like i said uh mark Patton does a hell of a job as a, a screen queen yeah one thing i noticed from that movie that i really uh wanted to like I want a box of this is the Fu Manchu cereal yeah dude that the, the girl's getting the nails out of <laughs> yeah. yeah Fu Manchu yeah, yeah. that was C-H-E-W awesome. yeah I want a box of Fu Manchu cereal. I know someone's making well, them. There's also there's the exploding bl- bird in it, which is great. And that which the dad blames on the kid, saying he put an M80 <laughs> in the bird, a cherry bomb in the bird. Which he had been gone. I would be proud of my son if he actually achieved that, and the bird flew around and exploded. <laughs> and then uh, that actor, who, the dad uh, who blames it on him, is Flew also, the right? guy from Return of the Living Dead. He's from yeah, Return yeah. of the Living Dead. He's the well, guy who owns the shop and comes something. in and he's like, "What the hell did you guys do?" Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I should go next because my I changed the rules because I don't care and my my top two they're a tie, so right. well, I'll say, say it loud. Uh, number one and three because one is a, is a better movie I think he's it's he's very dark. It's the special effects are amazing for what the money that they had or didn't have. Um, yeah, th- this is the Freddy that touched kids, not the other ones. Yeah. But three, the Dream Warriors, is the most enjoyable for me and the most watchable. So when I make 
when it, when it comes to lists that I make or when I'm like rating a movie, rewatchability and not being bored with a movie, especially with slashers and stuff like that, supersede, uh, you know, the cinematography of the movie. Yeah. Um, so that's why they tie because they're they're like they're both so good on different levels because we've got like the funny Freddy, you know, welcome to primetime bitch, all that. Oh, we've, we've got. We also th- failed to mention in Dream Warriors, we've got a, a a young Larry Fishburne in there as an order. Yeah, Larry. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, even though yeah. he had been in Apocalypse Now at that point. But. Well, that's Cowboy Curtis era. Yeah, yeah, totally. Larry Fishburne, absolutely. Um, but yeah, King, King of New York. That's before King of New York. Also, yeah. two two of my favorite deaths are from this one. So, um, yeah. So, I've already given my two and one. So, Brad, what is your number one favorite? I guess the only one that's left, but what is it? And, and why? It's New Nightmare. And I just love this movie. The movie's the shit. It's the one it's that I've watched favorite. the most as a kid, thanks to uh, our cheater box. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I really enjoyed it this time. And some of the things that I like noticed this time that it break you know it is meta and it breaks form in that way that it's freddy in the real world quote unquote yeah yeah but it's also taking away the teenager aspect and making it all about a mother and child fighting freddy and i thought that was cool to completely shift the dynamic of like the tried and true formula yeah totally dude there's no opening credits in this movie there's not one time that it flashes a Wes Craven film, New Nightmare. It just, it just goes in until yeah. it ends. And I can't think of another movie that does that. Like, well, I, probably because the it isn't like the very end of the movie where she's opening up the script. Yeah, but still like... I mean, no, that, no, I think that's a cool thing, but I think that's probably why they did that. Yeah, well, it opens up. You know, with uh, the construction of the glove, and then it turns into a film set that turns yeah. into a dream. It's just like uh, like stuff. any video you watch on Pornhub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, the w- I I really like bought the ending hook line and sinker this time. I was like, wait, is this all a movie that we're watching? Because at the end, like, yeah, yeah, she like okay. So the only re- way that script could have gotten like. In the bed after the, like, uh, after sh- they defeat Freddy, would be this is all like um, Wes Craven's doing, and he's working through this like yeah. alternate dimension with Freddy. Mm-hmm. Or he stopped by the house to give her the script and was like, Hello, oh, the front door's open. I'll just allow myself in. Yeah, yeah. And then sees like, a mother and child thrashing on the bed. It's like, I'm just going to leave this here. Bye y'all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's so, like that part I was talking about earlier when she's talking and he's like, you know, I, I just started writing a script and then she, I think she leaves in it and he like, like looks over to another corner and he's been like painting Freddie. So it's like, you did this man. No, Yeah. That's Robert England. Oh, that's okay. okay. So Robert, he's Robert like, England's sitting around painting pictures of himself. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this. The only thing that stops it from being like one of the best horror movies is it has some of the worst end credits music ever. Yeah. Like after all that, like, shit i was talking about like it's so cool it immediately goes to this like 
post PM Dawn R and B shit that is that weird. It's good, good music. <laughs> it's just the weirdest it's tone like, for this it's serious, like the serious movie that the, you watch. The opposite of Prince doing Batman or whatever. It's like Freddy yeah. Man. Well, it's he's like the your fat dreams. boys at the end of four makes sense because yeah, yeah. it's a more playful Freddy. This is like oh, super serious. Yeah, and it's no Dawkins yeah. from Part Three. Yeah. yeah. And it's no Freddy from Part Five. Freddy oh, just yeah. takes over the rap and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we do the Boiler Room? Oh no, that's that's, that, that's his own record. Freddy has a record, and he's got a song called called Down in the Boiler Room. If you want to get down with some, <laughs> I like, think uh, we might end the show with that. If, I can if you want to get down with some Chomo Hop or whatever the fuck that is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah, do the Freddy and Down in the Boiler Room. Um, so I'm not. I don't. You know, clearly, I gave my. The top two, but Nick, what's your number one? It's the first one, uh, and it's not because of anything special. I have really nothing much to say about it. It's just it is what it is. It's a really cool movie. That scene where Tina's being scraped across the uh, the uh, ceiling, yeah. right? I, I love the effect that they did. Uh, I, I guess it's got to be some kind of like weird. Uh, I don't know how they exactly did it, but whenever it's just a shot of her stomach or like little nightgown rips on, and then oh, like and four the, uh, uh, slices. Four slice. Okay, before we get into our favorite kills and our favorite final girls. We are lucky enough to have interviews with the production designer Mick Strawn and special effects artist and technician puppeteer Nick Benson from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. Yes. And Mick Strawn also worked on Part 3, The Dream Warriors, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's All right. right. That's He's right. the king of, king of the rock and roll nightmares. <laughs> the king of my, you know, I, I, uh, um, I ranked one and three as my favorites. Uh, I bent the rules a little bit so. um, two through four over here man yeah so whatever so <laughs> <laughs> don't like number two huh well i think that i made that kind of yeah, yeah, clear yeah, at that convention yeah, you, made, you made it clear to Patton. well i made it clear to the a lot of people at that i made i made a lot of things clear at that convention that i shouldn't have so um <laughs> Oops! They had alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, but to start with, can y'all just give an explanation of what you do? Explain because yourself. because a lot of people like to act like in these interviews. Oh well, of course we're interviewing this person, and this is what he does. But the lay people, such as ourselves, there's probably a lot more to it. <laughs> there's more to. <laughs> Production designer not. and yeah, slash asshole extraordinaire. <laughs> there is a lot to a production designer, so I'll let Mick run with that one because it's it's a big job. It's uh, production design. You know what? Uh, let's just just go for the the basic the basic uh, description of a production design of, of an art director and then a production designer. Uh, an art director is directly dealing with the, per, with the production designer's view, or he is the production designer. And, and your purview is, uh, is the, is everything except for the actors, uh, except for the actors and the action is directed by the as related to the director, and and even those are suspect. Um, what, what my job is is to make something look the way the way that we've agreed upon uh, to look, and that includes sets, props, uh, wardrobe. Uh, yep. It includes light, the overall view of the lighting, 
Um, in, in my case, it, and a lot of times it, it has to do more with, with what, where your talents lie. You know, my talents are, I mean, I know how things should, uh, I know a lot about blocking. I know a lot about, um, where, where I want, how big I want things to look overall or how small, or, uh, if I want it dark, the junkyard is a perfect the, example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you, it was like, yeah, I want this world. I want this world. This is not the world I wanted. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. And weren't, you, weren't you on top of another old landfill or something like that that we you didn't know about? We were, on a, we were on a landfill that literally crushed. Into the, a it, landfill. It, it literally, we, we had to uh, start all the way from uh, digging a hole and putting a, a and putting the crack in the earth in it, and then and building that entire very specific. As you you read the book, so you understand how specific it had to be because it had to be directly related to the model that that you had made with the mesh the, boxes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that model was then a point of reference um, for the egotistic mother egotistical motherfuckers that are were. Uh, <laughs> known as optical effects people. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've, by the way, really how many cool. times yeah. have I said this? I well. said, here's the problem. Here's the problem with optical effects people is they have opinions. <laughs> and, and That's it. They have opinions. <laughs> and all other people. Well, because, you know, naturally, it's true, right? We yeah. did have to work with the guys at Dream Quest, so yeah. <laughs> and the guys, I'll back, I'll the guys at Dream Quest, and you know that as well as I do, that the guys <laughs> at Dream Quest were the fucking worst, man. <laughs> I, I got that impression from the book, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, uh, for the longest time, I'm sure that he had all the circles that I drew in his office when I said the fucking <laughs> world, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I saw it. He said, no, this is not the world. <laughs> I need more of this is not the world. And you circled. You were like, and I just wrote all over the shit. <laughs> See, and, and, and you have to understand that there is so much stuff going on for the production designer. There is so – and it's it's not limited to any one thing. So, I, I mean, to to in almost every show I did, you know, if you were in my office – there was just a steady stream of pe people coming through and asking mm -hmm. questions and you had to answer them while you're on the phone and while you're making drawings and, and, and while you're, you're trying to like direct things of your own crew. And, and, and it, it's, it, you know, that those little uh, temper tantrums can be just below the surface. <laughs> well, it sounds like um, Bob is his name, Bob. That they like uh, the, the he he was the head of some crew. Bob and SF, SFC. That it. I I I don't know who you're referring to. Um, yeah, I uh, wrote everybody else I, down I, except I for that. that well, let's just talk shit. <laughs> yes, separate. Let's just shot. Yeah, yeah. Talk shit we'll, about we'll, a guy we'll named Bob. Dream Quest. Bob. No, <laughs> <laughs> not Dream Quest, Bobby. <clears throat> no, uh, but it sounds that. like you're kind of the boss of the boss. <laughs> The boss of, over the special effects, almost. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It, it, okay. it, it is, and, and it isn't so much, 
it, boy, to say boss is wrong because you're what you are is the touchstone. You're the one. Yeah. You're the one that's that that's guiding all that stuff, and you can't say that you're the boss. It's it's it it's more nuanced than that because what it is it's it's like having uh, uh, it's like having coworkers that that but but you, you have to step into that coworker position and then step into it with absolutely everybody because you're you're like you're like the co as the production designer, you're the co-DP and you're the co-effects yeah. coordinator. You're the co-this and this. And I, I, I don't know how to – I mean it, it's – to say that I'm the boss is like this is like saying that you know how to herd cats. But it, oh, but it, Bob, <laughs> it wasn't Bob. It was Steve Johnson. Yeah, he's he's really, he's really like the point of reference like for all the effects people, all the set guys, kind of all fun. the – everybody building stuff, lighting stuff making stuff happen he's the guy that they have to go see to make sure that it all you know goes the right way Steve right. Johnson yeah. is who I was thinking of <clears throat> yeah yeah see, and, and he and he was he was one him. he was one of a million people right. that was yeah. uh that that was uh and especially it, you know the thing is is the the uh, the number of makeup effects people on Nightmare on Elm Street three or were, were like multiple fleas on a small dog they were yeah. everywhere. You know, you just you, you you really they were and and the thing is is you never you never got to see them all that much as a group because they come they would come in as groups for like three or four days on something that they had been working on in a shop somewhere. Or their specific scene or whatever. For, right. Or their specific right. scene. And, and and the thing is is you know, you have to start on those scenes way before principal photography. So I mean, what was the truth behind this this little thing that I heard that there were certain stunts or not stunts I'm sorry special effects that were being done two weeks before the movie was supposed to be finished because that's not the idea that I got from you is that well, you, know, you you were pretty you I mean I know that you were working till the last moment but absolutely. that made it sound like you didn't you know. I thought you had it a little more together. It sounded like, like you know. Oh, like t- together? Well, <laughs> not together from the story that we heard about the the goo, but you know, like not have like the the movie was coming out in two weeks and you didn't have this scene done. Oh my god! Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, in fact, I was gonna I was gonna say that that scene is probably the one that we were sh- that uh, the cockroach. No, 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 cockroach. Oh, junkyard, junkyard. No, no, not junkyard. Okay. It, that last scene would have been the one in the church. Okay, and yeah. uh, Nick, up you against, worked on that one as well, too, yeah. right? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And 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 in fact, to tell you the truth, there were so few people left in the building by the time that we had literally that little tiny set uh, with the screen. And and Freddie up against that screen, that was mm-hmm. that was on the that was like on the second stage that we had rented, and yeah. that stage, the first one the first one was cleared already, uh, and and that one was just down to clearing the last couple of pieces of 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 scenery and, and was like done with uh, Jerry Olson as director, and uh, and literally people from the office. Uh, had to come in and and act as puppeteers because so Remy had left at this point. 
I don't think that he had, but I don't know. No. I, I recall that we were shooting the waterbed stuff, the pizza stuff, the oh God. And in, in those stages, we had like four yeah. or five different setups going on at a time. Right. But that was the last one. The thing is, is I, yeah. def- I definitely remember the last set standing was like just the corner of that uh, with all the people. Uh, and 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 I'm saying specifically that it had all been third or fourth unit. So mm-hmm. uh, Rennie was probably already editing the rest of yeah. the film by the time we were doing right. that. I, I, I seriously doubt that he was up there at that point. Yeah. OK, so what? can well, I do want to get into the documentary a little bit, but in just a second, we do want to talk about uh, more at length because this is one of this was one of my honorable mention favorite deaths, which um, you're going to find out in a minute in the interview. I mean, well, in the <laughs> podcast. So I guess y'all are figuring this out already in this interview. Um, but Nick, one of Nick's favorite, I think it is his favorite the cockroach, the, the transformation. The, co- yeah. the cockroach scene is <clears throat> out of his the favorite. whole series. That yes. has always been my favorite. I, was, I saw it when I was a kid. <laughs> I grew up with these movies. I love them very much. Used to, you know, rent them from the, the gas station down the street and everything. Picture uh, show yeah. video. For yeah, me. yeah. And also, you know, like um, I've got some like basic questions for later. But uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of like uh, building and painting like old model kits, like all the old Aurora kits. Uh, me and my dad, uh, he, we used to do that whenever I was growing up. And so I've always loved models and all this stuff. And like, I just I want to know anything you can tell me about the cockroach trans- transformation and how it was done and everything like that and the practical effect of it. Like, I think it's one of the best like sci-fi effects I've ever seen. It's not even sci-fi; it's horror, but. It's it's up there to me with like the thing or whatever like John Carpenter's. What yeah. I think I think the documentary gets wrong in this and not trying to take away from from this man, <laughs> but is all of the I have not seen this documentary. You you've never watched Never Sleep Again? No. Okay. Well. Okay. Whatever. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, these guys aren't in it, right? Well, no. no. Fuck, fuck but that th- they give all pretty much all of the credit for this scene. <laughs> To uh, Screamin' Mad George. Okay. Uh, yeah. All of it, pretty much. His, he, he did the whole thing. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure he did a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, away, he's like, much like Stan Winston Studios and, and Steve Johnson's XFX, there's still crews, large crews that work for those people. And that's how it was with uh, with George's shop. You know, we, we got everything. George designed how he would want to do this effect and this transformation. And you know, we'd have meetings about it at the shop and we'd figure out exactly how things would go. And that's really where it all came from. Even Mick, I think, even came down to the shop a few times. I did. I was I was actually in one of those meetings. And and I'll tell you the honest truth is, is uh, we <laughs> I mean, I built the sets for it. Mm-hmm. But but out of out of every effect on the film uh, and and I was like kind of at the the linchpin of all those effects uh screaming mad george made me the most nervous um, and, and and not just me i mean he made everybody nervous let's put it this way i mean literally i would like every time i had to go down to the valley to like uh to deal with him it was like fuck man i mean on the way i was like you know what did what did i do wrong in life that i have to go deal with this now? And it was it, and it was weird because he was he had a concept 
that was amazing. And he his just his ability to share how that was going to work was uh, really bad. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, he's he's a, he's an ex- eccentric artist. Like Nick, were you part of his crew? So yes. How, okay. So yes. how did this, from beginning to end <laughs> of this of of this whole cockroach? Well, let, how did well, we can you know, we can we can both we can both tell you how it kind of went, but okay. But I think from Mick's perspective, like he had to deal with George directly, and George being the boss of the shop had to, you know, like he had those meetings with Mick. And I think part of it is, you know, there's there's a there's a language barrier to begin with. Um, because George has a very, very heavy Japanese accent. And uh, you know, and and had I been more involved in that, I could have because I I spent a lot of time with George. He and I saw our artistically eye to eye on so many things. And um I I could have been a better liaison to explain what what was going to happen to Mick. So um, that's where I think some of that came from. But at the same time, you know, when George did explain it, George, George is like I said, he's a very eccentric artist. So he he says, oh, we're going to do this, this and this and it's going to look great. And that, you know, and 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 that makes people nervous. You're not really explaining the mechanics of it. Yeah. And uh, and that's I I don't think that he thought that I was smart (laughs) enough or that I knew effects well enough that he could get into the weeds with me about it. Right. Which, which always made me super nervous because I understood how all this shit worked. Right. Yeah. And what yeah. It, it literally, when I got down, listen, the, this, the, the second time that I went down there, he literally just showed me a, a bucket of gelatin. I think it was gelatin <laughs> of gelatin arms. Right. And he goes, and he goes, we're going to use these. And I swear to God, <laughs> I swear to God, I just like I looked at him like, okay, are these for the? You're gonna have to like, <laughs> you're gonna have to go a lot further than that. He just said we're gonna use these. That's it. The, the, uh, I, I, I wish I'd have been there to paint a Kentucky Fried Chicken logo on the bucket. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky are, Fried Arms. You guys are talking about the arms that rip off on, yeah. on the uh, yep, the, the that, weight or whatever. Well, because that all the so uh, all all the because, cockroach arms poke through. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, buckets yeah. So, of those. So he's showing, see, he's showing <laughs> me a bucket. He was showing me a bucket of uh, of <laughs> arms, and then at the same time, and then I would look up, and he would, and he would like grab a couple of cockroach wings, and then look like he was flying around the room with the cockroach wings. <laughs> None of this is making me feel better, because. Yeah. Because I'm committing, I mean, well, let me give you an idea of my problems in this, okay? I had to have a platform, and I had to make a, a I had to make a, a box that looks exactly like the interior of a Roach Motel. Yeah, I had right. I had a set that was a hundred feet long that was supposed to give the the illusion of the world getting getting bigger as the cockroach gets smaller. Of course, I was just shot terribly by Steve. Um, he didn't quite understand it. And, and that was one of the problems is that, uh, is that there was so much writing on this and there was an enormous communication gap. Yeah. yeah uh, I, would, I would think that uh, running around with a fake 
I don't know, wings on gives you not the right idea of what that scene's going to look right. like. Well, yeah. I mean, well, like, like I was saying, like George is a freaking artistic genius. Like he's he's got it all figured out, but he can't verbalize it well. So what, so, you're, saying, what you're saying is whenever he was flapping these cockroach wings, he actually got a little <laughs> bit off the ground. That's how much of a genius well, this guy is. <laughs> you have to understand is is I I hardly I, I I hardly ever expected that I was gonna get into like a, a game of charades with the fucking guy that was uh <laughs> that was trying to that 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 was that was doing a highly technical thing. Yeah, one of the uh, most important, I think. That I was effects. that I was totally in the that I was totally in the middle of, right? You know, yeah. I mean. But at the so, outset of that, Mick, it's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's awesome. At the, I have to tell you, at the end of the day, and, and the thing is, is there was all kinds of complaints. You know, the complaints that I got from them was like I didn't put it high enough up on the platform. And I got to tell you something, I felt like pissing on the guy that told me that. I mean, I was like, you know what? <laughs> You're lucky I didn't make you guys fucking dig under the concrete. <laughs> Are we talking about the platform we put Brooke on? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly yeah. that that you know I I was just guessing because I wasn't given any kind of uh, yeah, no. guidance as to how no, it was I remember look, but, I remember that. But no. I, I'll tell you something. How was the given to you? What was the information given to you, Nick, to to do what you needed to, to, to play well, what role? That's that's a long that's a really long weird process because in that shop, like we're having meetings every morning on stuff that needs to get done. And you have to hit targets, so like basically everybody gets kind of assigned different things to do, whether it's casting arms or. Or, you know, okay, well, we need we need 100 more arms to go to this set, whatever, you know, however many takes we're going to do, whatever it is, you know, there, there's somebody assigned to those tasks every day. And, and some people are painting them, some people are casting them. So it's just a matter of meeting a production schedule. And, you know, that meeting every morning, they get assigned their, you know, their tasks. So, you know, depending on what their forte is, like somebody's really good at casting, they, they do all the casting. What was, somebody's what's good your at forte gelatin in particular. Uh, I was all over the place. Okay, so because I'm I'm is. like I'm like super jack of all trades, master of none. I can do it all, <laughs> but I don't I don't necessarily do it all phenomenally. <laughs> but well, with, you guys, with you guys' powers combined, this uh, this is one of my favorite effects of any horror film or sci-fi. Yeah, film. yeah, it was yeah, fun. Good job. Jack of all trades, master of none. At at this point, it doesn't matter. Well, and yeah. and, and and you know what? The, the, you're what you're looking at is you're, you're looking at a perfect example of that we weren't doing anything that was brand new, but what we were doing is we were combining them really well. Because yeah. when you say effect, you have to understand how many different effects you're actually looking at there. You've got robotics. Yeah, there's so many things going on. There's so many things thing going on. The, there's the be there the beginning, which if you look in the book, you have all the pictures of, of Brooke with the uh, with the chest that she's connected to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so she's connected to the chest and at the same time she has the she has her arms are pinned back and and she's got the other arms that are attached to the barbell, right? And yeah. those arms bend down and they're gelatin and they bend down and the cockroach arms come through, right? Yeah. That's that's one part of the sequence. Then mm-hmm. there's the camera part of the sequence. And, and here's the thing. 
is at the same time we're at that location, we are filming at that location bits of, of Freddie looking into uh, the hotel. The hotel. The hotel yep. yeah. He's got the Roach Motel. And here, and so then the next effect is trying to make her look like she's getting smaller as she's going through this set that goes from seven feet high to 30 feet high. Which is insane. At, it's an insane which was 100 feet. A hundred feet long is if you if you notice that when she's and the thing is it was shot so badly because uh, Steve just well, didn't, we didn't understand. Know. <laughs> well, he didn't understand it, but but basically, if the camera had run absolutely straight along the line, then she would have gone. She would now if the camera what the camera had to do is run at an angle so that it looked like she went down as the rest of the set went up, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that would it but they didn't understand that and they just ran along so that it, the room just gets bigger, right? So mm-hmm. it's got half of the effect that it had should have had, but then we're in the Roach Motel. And um and of course the Roach Motel had all of its own problems, but there there's effect there's an effect in there that's amazing that nobody actually really thinks about is that when we were shooting that all the time you have Freddie looking back at us, and that's in real time. Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't know that. How, yeah. did, how did you superimpose it uh, into, like, the window of the Roach <laughs> Well, it was a perfect example of 1910 technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what we did is we pulled a scrim over the, over the mouth of the, of the opening, and as they're, as they're puppeting uh, the, the cockroach, and, and Brooke is going through the final... Uh, and, and and all those screen the 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 things the the cockroach emerging and and uh, taking over her face and stuff yeah. her face is is actually printed and and in some 3D uh, on uh, projected or something no on silk screens and the silk screens are soaked with so much of the uh, emulsion. The ultra, the ultra slime and stuff that yeah. as they pull those screen, as he was pulling those screens off of the technicians, uh, as they're pulling the screens off, it starts to reveal the insect. Okay. So that, and the thing is, is those screens are also pulling the insect into a very tightly wound uh, bit that faces mm-hmm. that matches her her head size, but. If you notice, when the cockroach's head comes out, it's actually bigger than her head. Yeah. And that's because it's all tightened in within those screens. Brilliant work. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a brilliant piece of work by everybody involved. But at the same time, they're playing back Freddie looking at the mouth of the uh, uh, the Roach Motel, right? Yeah. Um, Which is – which uh, I got – this amazing opportunity to uh, to adjust a couple of times to adjust the speed of the projector, mm-hmm. which which you would look through the 35 millimeter camera. You would look through it. You would start the shot, and and then all you could see was a slot in the background, right? Yeah. And that that was the projector projecting in, and you had to slow or speed the projector up 
until they matched each other. To match the frame rates. That's yeah. where okay. you use like the rear screen projector or whatever. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and and so the thing is, is as as the projection would come up to the right to the right speed, as they as they started to match each other, the frame would get bigger and bigger and bigger in the background until it was until it was the whole image. Yeah. Which okay. was damn cool, right? So it is kind of like an old like a uh, Buster Keaton like Keystone Cops kind Absol of. Oh, I wasn't I wasn't kidding when I said it was yeah. it was a little slice of 1910 technology. And the reason that we had to do it that way was we didn't have any time. No uh, we didn't have we didn't have any time on the back end of it. Uh, it's because we were starting in February and it was literally going into into distribution um, on uh, in August. Yeah, yeah it was a super tight schedule. Like I mean, the, the, that and Friday the 13th, I mean, it was just like every yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, rapid fire. Yeah, I mean. Well, the, <laughs> and and because of that, that's part of the reason that you have so many different people working on the effects is, is and being held together by me, right? Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a case of where we had one makeup effects artist that was the coordinator of all of them. We didn't mm -hmm. have time to do that, you know? So I went in and coordinated with because I was you're going to do this. You're going to have yep. this scene. You're going to have. This I would, yeah, yeah, I was working with Steve Johnson and Beekler and John Beekler and, and you know, yep. uh, a million other people that that I can't remember. Uh, the guys well, at I can remember some of them the that guy, got the on the guys at XFX. KNB, FX, yes, Johnson, yeah. uh, just, just, it, the, the list there was There was endless. a lot of guys on that, yeah. on that shoot. I know that uh, Christopher Biggs. Chris uh, Biggs. Uh, uh -huh. Carl, John Carl, and I can't say it, you just said Bueller. Bueller, uh -huh. Bueller. Uh, Bueller, Jim Doyle, Kevin Yeager, and Howard Berger. Those were the only ones that got onto the documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is, which, which was bullshit. My, yeah, uh, I and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I didn't get on it is because, uh, my sister didn't. Uh, Your sister also worked on this movie, is with she you, did. She, yeah. She was my she was my co-production designer, but essentially she dealt with um, with uh, set dressing, uh, okay. which is don't get me wrong, it's a big job. I mean, you know, the dressing that she did on the interior of the Crave Inn was amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But she was really good at that. She was really good at that, but at the same time, it was such a complicated show, and and it was me that that coordinated all that stuff. I mean, a lot of people don't know that the Elm Street house that's in Number Four was actually a facade. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Well, I, I, I mean, I, it had to be in Part Three. It couldn't be in Part Three, but yeah, it couldn't be. It wasn't in Part Three, but it was in Part Four. <laughs> And part of it, part of it was directly related to. It was directly related to a scene that we had to do, but it was also related to uh, the lighting effects that we were using because the lighting was. <clears throat> I mean, this that type of lighting that has the uh, the beams of light coming through uh, uh, smoke, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's an easy thing to do these days because you have very narrow beam bulbs. That can do that sort of thing. In well, those Nick, days, Nick, been you worked on uh, uncredited, I think, but you did work on Night of the Demons, right? Yes, that was so the first film there, I did. There was there's a lot of that in Night of the Demons, the the mm -hmm. flashes of light coming yeah. through the oh, the yeah. wall and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. The way that you do that is you have distance. You know, I I mean it 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 back then what you did is you put snoots on your lights. 
so that they would only be, you know, you, it was like a, it was like shooting a light down a tube and the mm-hmm. tube would be like four feet long. And then that snoot then needed about between 40 and a hundred feet um, before, before you wanted it to come across your set, which, which made every set so complicated. Yes, that, well, it sounds like this set was just, I mean, every set on this movie was insane. It's just and, insane. And, <laughs> and, I, well, I mean, and, and Nick, you worked on this, the, the cockroach and also the last, the last scene, or not the yeah, last Freddy, scene. Yeah, Freddie's death with Steve Johnson. With the, the, the stomach and all that. The souls. Yeah, when the yeah. souls come yeah. out of him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was fun. Dude, that's an awesome. In fact, the, the I mean, soul just, that comes out of, fun, but. the soul that comes out of Freddie's shoulder was puppeteered by me. Oh, yeah. oh, but wow. that that sequence by itself, though, was there was like what, Mick? I can't remember. Was it like nine puppeteers doing that? It was it just was, that it was probably it was probably four of of real actual puppeteers. And then and, and, and then maybe five of us that were just standing around. <laughs> I, I, well, that, I remember was, I remember just being crammed in there with like Robert oh, and in yeah, that we rig with the window. Yeah. And we were literally stacked up on top of each other behind that window yeah. piece. Yeah. Yep. So what yeah. happened with this documentary, though? I, I'm, I really want to know. <laughs> really about the documentary. Well, I just don't think it's fair. I don't. Well, one little fun tidbit is Bill Forsh, who was one of the makeup artists that didn't get in that in that uh, documentary either. Uh, he he did Freddie's makeup uh, with Howard Berger on that film. He had uh, a nice little VHS camera, and there's there is he's got some YouTube channel of that that footage of us on that set um, doing the uh, doing the arms the Freddy's death sequence. Yeah, right. yeah. We had we had that was the day we had Robert's parents on set. You remember that, Mick? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, England's parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, seeing what their boys doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was, murderer. and the thing is, is he was like totally nailed to the, uh, to that screen. <laughs> it, it was, it, it was like they came in, he was nailed to the screen. He couldn't, he couldn't move. He could just say hello every once in a while. Uh, and then we're like just tearing bits and pieces off of him and, and going on and on like that. And then they left. It was like, it was really weird. Yeah. Well, that's that's where that that hand sticking out of his head. They made a shirt out of that, but the hand sticking out of his head, the one that yeah. grabs yeah, onto the window. Did. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's one of the things he was attached literally to that window with. Man. <clears throat> right. So so you know, yeah, there was no place that he could go. No. So, but no, he was he was kneeling in a rig. It wasn't even his. The front of his body was. And let me, stuff that was dressed to him. with these fleshy uh these fleshy uh puppetry that you were doing and uh, this is just a little sidebar i don't want to get onto it too long but nick you uh you worked um on society <laughs> yeah <laughs> did this have anything to do movie. with uh, the shunting world's biggest disgusting puppet show oh man <laughs> like uh it seems that it seems kind of right up the alley with like freddie's chest it seems like the whole shunting is kind of what's going on like in his armpit or something <laughs> Yeah. Did you work on the shunting at all? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was a big part a big part of society with Screaming Mad George. I worked I loved working with him. Dude, that's I love that film. That movie's crazy. Um 
Mick, when you um, compare the design and and working on part three and part four, which one do you th- like? Which one was more of a? I'm gonna rip my hair out. <laughs> oh yeah, well. Uh, or nightmare, is it all like that? <laughs> no, night, nightmare well, four was. Ugh, nightmare four was a nightmare. Uh, nightmare oh, four yeah, was part, a, part but, four. But, we were also dealing with a writer strike. Remember that? Yeah. So I mean, oh, you know, yeah. that was a whole other ball that was thrown at everybody. It, it's it's like uh, uh, there were so many things that you you just did because you had to. I mean, I mean, I I give you a quick example. Is I was a uh, well, you you if you've read the book, you, you know that I came up with the truck stopping in the middle, of, you know, just not hitting anything, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, very complicated setup. Uh, but 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 I I would probably never have come up with it except for I just wanted out of a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking bad, you know. And it worked uh, so good. Yeah, and it worked so well. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> but but also like the 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 transition between um uh the transition when we go through the tunnel uh, uh between Dan getting up in the hospital and and uh going through the 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 kaleidoscope tunnel uh that was a dream of mine um i i literally dreamed that uh i was looking that freddie was looking at me through a uh uh through a kaleidoscope you were having dreams about this that yeah. tells you how fucked up <laughs> oh, his job God. was <laughs> yeah that's, that's how fucked up my job was, was and i was like say. it was like i just came up with this idea i i think i had a dream last night that can get us uh that can get us uh into the uh freddy church <laughs> hey, hey, hey robert i i gotta talk to you about something that happened last night <laughs> yeah yeah well, yeah, you know, the thing is, is, you'd go to Rachel and Rennie and say, you know what? I got this thought and I, I got this thing, this thing that I saw last night. And, and the funny thing about it is that we didn't actually get anywhere near what it looked, what it actually looked like in my dream. But it was but we were like, but we were really running to get things done. <laughs> well, I mean, it looked good to to us. So oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. I guess that's yeah, yeah. no. At the end of the day, oh, and, uh, well, I'll, I'll say. Let me. Night, let me. Shit still looks good. I'd love to interject something here, just because of like all the challenges Mick had, like as his job, plus all of the other stuff with the writer strike and everything. And and I think the the whole source of Mick's book is like talks about how this is really a crew made film. Yeah. Like right. Literally, Very cast much. and crew made this film because we were dealing with so many problems of writers and everything. So you have actors writing their own dialogue or rewriting their own dialogue and like stuff was happening just on set. And we're like, we could do this. We could do this. And it was really coming up with a lot of solutions that worked really well on the fly. Andres Jones, Andres Jones, uh, they they were just going to open the casket and 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 he was just going to drop. He was just going to jump out and go over and kiss her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. He came up with the entire scene himself, you know, uh, the, the, the whole, hello, baby, hello, <laughs> baby. Yeah, that was uh, I, I still to me that 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 really and I, and I mean, part of it is because I know how little work anybody did to it, except for 
Andres. And, and Andres was one of those guys that we were giving the weirdest tasks to because we would just cut out. We had this whole, this whole, you know, Andres was going to go down to hell and, and, yeah. and he was going to fight Freddie in hell. And then we just, we just decided that, that even if we had the money, we didn't have the time to, uh, to do the opticals for hell to, yeah. To like come up with that concept for hell. I mean, hell is not. Hell is probably one of the hardest things to come up with because um, it's uh, it's so overhyped. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know what hell is, dude. I've been there. It's just a Chili's kitchen. I feel like it's oh, exactly. It, yeah. Sometimes and I, I feel like I, I'm there and I'm just at my house. So, I, you know. I, I mean, you know, it's hell is such a personal thing. I mean, for me, hell would be, you know, having to go to the bathroom on the 405 in a <laughs> in a van full of uh, full of uh, filmmakers trying to go to a, a a location up in Victorville or something, you know. <laughs> but no, he did have to do that whole scene where he just kind of roundhouse kicked. That was yeah, and that was nothing. just him. And here's the thing: is we just dropped that on him, like yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally, that elevator, that elevator itself sat for weeks up in the air to give enough room with a with a uh, plate glass out of tempered glass floor, right, over a over a blue screen, and it just sat there because that was going to be the beginning of the shot to hell, right? So the so so he was going to be in the elevator and then all of a sudden the floor just breaks out and goes down and he drops into hell. Right. And literally the day before they said, nah, just drop the elevator down on the ground and we're going to go from there. <laughs> and we came up and then we came up with that, you know, which I think is the weakest set is is the is the, the billowing uh cloths and stuff like that for him to have that fight on literally because we you know we made it like the day before you know yeah i mean but everything else i think makes up for that one i mean i mean uh i mean even even though it's a small effect one of my favorite effects in the movie uh is uh it's my favorite freddie rebirth scene is the dog pissing fire into a square (laughs) 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 oh god do we have stories about that please tell (laughs) This will go on forever. Stunt dog. I can't count how many people I've told about that, and they're like, that's not in A Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm like, please allow me to show you. Yeah, uh, I know that it was a reverse effect. Well, no. 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 Let Mick tell you a little bit about it. Not the dog part. I'm sorry. It was the reverse melting of Freddy. Yes, that was the reverse melting of Freddy that you're thinking of. The dog pissing fire was uh, they they literally, they're so close to time that they came up with a half a dog. And I think that that was Chris Biggs, right? <laughs> I'm not sure there was Chris Biggs. Came up with a half of a dog. Bottom half, right? And and so so then, then it comes down to, then we have to have the mechanical effects people, which makeup effects are the ones that, you know, do off the, all the effects. And, and mechanical effects blow things up and and do fire and stuff like that. They had to come and and put up his uh, thing and um, uh, and make the actual flame come out. Yeah. But the problem being is that when like literally and and here's the thing in my book 
and and this is the greatest thing is there are three or four different people that bring up this sequence because they're all looking at each other on set as the AD is saying roll. They are all asking each other who fire who fireproofed the dog, right? Because oh, they have to use flame 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 or they thought what? that flame retardant would work, right? But, but it turns out. <laughs> Turns out, funny thing, nobody flame-proofed the dog, and the dog burst into flames. Oh, my gosh. So, and, and, and the thing is, if you look really closely, the dog that's in there is the, the dog half that's pissing the flames is pretty much the worst for wear because it's just, it's all this singed hair that was painted white at the last minute. Yeah. And that was the second fucking dog. I mean, yeah. Shit. <laughs> Somebody get that dog some penicillin. Yeah. <laughs> and this, you know, is part, uh, this is part of the whole, you know, junkyard scene too. So that, oh, that yeah. was a whole thing. <laughs> that was a that was a thing, and, and, and I had, and, and at the same time, you know, Robert England has many times in the interview say that you know he was sick, he was in the middle of all kinds of weird contract negotiations. They had asked, um, they had asked uh, uh, the stunt guy uh, to come in and and stand in for Robert, and yeah. he re- he refused to do it. Like it won't look it won't look right, and yeah, it, it won't look it won't look right. And you guys have been down this road before. <clears throat> they did that with part I, two, I believe. Part two, right? Yeah. And and so when Robert shows up, he showed up, and he saw the set, and he shut everybody down for a couple hours, and he just walked around it, and he and and I was talking to him when he was there, you know. I was like, well, you know, it's, and we got this and this, and we're gonna go from here, and I was explaining it to him, and he goes, holy shit, this just absolutely, this is like a, a whole other world that you've got going here and that that then that that junkyard then informed the his freddy his yeah i think he said that he got a second wind that's awesome yeah he got us walking around that because he was like i just wasn't in the mood i i just right i wasn't wanting to do this movie i just i've been doing other stuff and then i saw this and it gave me a second wind to be ready to do freddy again oh hell yeah no it's an awesome set yeah and yeah, I love and Kincaid. It, yeah, Kincaid rules, man. And it's the thing not, is, there's not many nightmare kids that make it through two uh, make it to two films. Yeah. There, there are so many people. There are so many people that think that that was just a junkyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is astounding considering how much work it was. You know, the yeah. thing is, is it you want to start? I mean, you wanted it to to say junkyard, right? You mm-hmm. wanted it to say junkyard world. And it did. It just did it so well that that you had no concept of of how difficult it was to do that. Well, it was the junkyard from part three times a billion. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it it absolutely was. And and you know, and I built the one in, on, on the third, and and uh, and on both of them, <laughs> on both of them, everybody said. No, you, we're just going to go and we're just going to shoot in the junkyard. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how this is going to work. <laughs> they don't typically build them as labyrinthian as the one you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, no. And Daddy Zaxxon's not going to be on just any junkyard. So well, I'm just saying. The, the thing is, is, is both, you know, it, it's it's like the Nightmare Room 3 one, you had to enter it as it, in an arch. You know, the, the area that, that they had buried the bones in, you know, I, I said, well, you know, 
there there are rules that we have to follow here. You know, we have to to separate the junkyard from this part of the junkyard. So literally, he does walk underneath another car as he comes in, right on three, and that that then sets these specific cars that are then just stacked up high, you know, just around it. That that sets this as a magical place, which is the same actual thing that you kind of do with um, Kincaid coming into the other junkyard because he comes out of the trunk of it and jumps down, right? Yeah. So I, his everything about that shot, especially at the end too, when it cracks open and he's screaming and it's the swirling camera. I, <laughs> just, I, right. I love that shot so much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but but all of this, um, you know, just to go back to the production design thing, I had a concept in my head, and 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 I'm not. I know that this is going to be a weird confession, but I had done, I had yeah, been yeah. doing horror films. I've been doing horror films and I didn't see this as a horror film. I, <laughs> it's, it's funny is in my head, I saw it as, uh, as closer to being, um, uh, the, uh, Alibaba kind of stories. Yeah, it was, I can see that. Yeah. See, it was a journey. See, yeah. the, the, and the thing is, is three was a journey through through a, a carnival, uh, maybe set up uh, outside of a, a, a Kmart or, you know, something like that. Right. Yeah. Whereas. And, and it worked. I mean, the concept in my in that's how I saw it in my mind. So everything that I was trying to do to it was was on was in, in regards to the journey being ha, having to look, be more interesting than the place that you get to right mm. um and by the time we got to nightmare on elm street 4 i said well we're we're not in uh, a parking lot of kmart anymore we're we're with a beer i'm sorry I'm sorry about that we're we're going to be we're going to disneyland <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what it felt like. I mean, it's and, yeah. And and so the two of them have <clears throat> kind of the same the same grounding concept to both of them is the journey has to be as interesting as the place that we're going to. Well, three, four, and five. Although five is very low on my list. Sorry if anyone loves it, but it there. I didn't like it either, and I was <laughs> and I didn't even stick around for the till the rest of the film. I was uh, just bored with it. Yeah, I I found the same way. I don't care about his birth, but um, uh, sorry, <laughs> I guess because I'm not a mom. But um, you don't care about the birth of a bastard son of a hundred maniacs. No, I, I no, I, I I'd gotten past it by then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, three, four, and five are really you know they just go together so well. It's it, right. Yes, and if listen, if five had kept it going with the Dan, the Dan death. Yeah. And they had kept it like that. I probably would have liked it more, but they didn't. Well, it's 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 like you know the part of two. There's only one. See, I saw two. I saw one and two in a screening room. Uh, I I didn't go to the theater to see either one of them. I they they showed them to me when I got the film uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three. When I got the third one, they said, "Well, now we sh we need to show you the, the first and the second one." Yeah, you might need to see them. <laughs> and and 
I I thought one was was a, a decent film. I thought I thought it was a terrible ending. Uh, didn't understand. I didn't understand the ending to one. I didn't know exactly what had happened. But I really liked the first ten minutes of two. Oh yeah. And then and then Venus it Death went, is my favorite. Death that's from part one. Yeah. Then it went then it went to hell and it wasn't even interesting. <laughs> but but the first uh, the first part of two. Uh, kind of fit into how I saw doing three and four. I see that. Are you talking about like yeah. the, the, bus the bus scene? Yeah. Yeah, the bus mm-hmm. scene. The yeah. bus scene. The bus scene looks like part, it, it looks yeah, like yeah. part three and four. Yeah, it shares. It looks, it, yeah. it really does. I mean, I thought, I thought, well, you know, it, it's, it's, you know what they say it, is everything goes by example, right? You know, like your parents, right? If, if you want to be a successful human being, all you have to do is figure out whether your parents are going to be a good example or a bad example. <laughs> so, so, so I took the good example of the first 10 minutes of Nightmare on Elm Street 2 <laughs> and ran with it. And, and Nick just kind of had to listen to this crazy guy. That was I still listen to this, to this crazy guy. And, and, and not this crazy guy. The other oh. crazy guy. Oh, George. Oh, George. Well, he, <laughs> hey, he, he listens to he, he listens. George, to the, George is guy too, brilliant. Right? Nick is listening to two crazy guys, I guess, all the time. Yeah. But, George is George is brilliant. It's just well, you have to understand be, him. And not yeah. a lot of people do. I don't think you can be brilliant without being crazy. So he, he is absolutely genius. Yeah, he, he he really is. And don't get me wrong. I I, I really like George. My my only problem was that uh, dealing with George when you when you're running and and you know your bicycle's on fire and uh, <laughs> you don't have time for the artistic expression. You, you need yeah, to know that's what's right. happening. That, that's right. You're, you're, you're just trying to dig for how high, how long, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how high, how long, and how many arms. So what are <laughs> what are you guys working on right now? If you can oh, if you God. can say. Uh, are you allowed to say? Spill it, boys. I, I did a film. I did a film in Canada uh, just recently um, called. uh, uh, That's a good question. Something about children. Okay. Uh, Well, uh, that's weird. Children's Um. games. Oh, oh, the games children play. The games children play. Uh, At the same time, Nick and I are are, uh, working together on something called Campfire. Mm -hmm. That sounds right. We are. Campfire, which is an anthology. It's a, it's a um, horror anthology. That's what it's uh, right up my alley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick is producing. I'm uh, going to be production designing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there, there are there are lots of other things that, that there's a plethora. <laughs> Nick is directing a film that I'll be doing effects on called House in the Pines. Showtown American Pictures just picked that up. I've heard of this. Well, that's um, awesome. Yeah, so, so I, that's I, that's I, another I, one we're working on together. And then we, I just had Mick read a script for a film that I'm going to be directing called Phobia that'll be with Lynn Lowry. Wow, that sounds awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so Nick. Go ahead. Oh, well, well, okay. Not to make this too long, but any more questions you have, but I did want to ask uh, 
Nick, if he had anything else he wanted to say about the cock, you know, any of the the, the, the cock, cock, the cock, yeah, the, co- <laughs> the cockroach scene. I, I, I should have said the whole word, uh, or you know, the other, the the ending scene, and also ask Mick about my favorite, one of my favorite deaths. My favorite death is Tina from part one, sure. but I also really love Philip from part three. I, it's my my it, personal favorite. It is outstanding, and so if it, you know. Anything. Is he the marionette? Is he's the one? Yeah, okay, he's the one yeah. that's t- changed. He's yeah, the yeah. sleepwalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we kept having to build sets and take them over to. I can't think of Greg. Uh, I can't think of the name of the guy that was specifically doing uh, the animation. Uh, but uh, he, we were over there, uh, and we delivered the living room to his uh, parts of the living room to his, his shop so that he could do uh, the claymation. Right. Right. And he did the claymation or Freddie coming up. And then, and then he went on to do the, uh, uh, the, the cutting of the slicing of the arms, which to me, to me, I, I have to tell you the concept of it as written didn't uh i didn't quite understand it i i mean i understood it i just didn't know exactly you know what the makeup effects artist concept was going to be in the end mm. and i got to see the original assemblage with rachel talley we went over to a we went over to the place where we were editing and they had a screening room and we had shot the puppeting part um and and that's that's what we saw, and we dealt with uh, uh, on location with this big rig that that held the pup the the arms up, you know the up as he's walking down the hallway, right? And it held the uh, veins up, and then we get to see it all assembled. And this was before the MPAA got a hold of it. This was just a rough <laughs> assemblage. Oh my God, I'm telling you, it just watching the whole veins come up out of both arms and legs <laughs> and and then puppeting him down i i'm telling you it absolutely creeped me out so bad it's pretty so disturbing it, oh, it was great. so fucking awful you just you know you you were why you were walking out of there you know with your arms crossed <laughs> walk out of the theater with your arms crossed hugging yourself as close as fucking possible and going well that was really terrifying <laughs> yeah. I, i'm sure but, yeah great I, effect I, I can't imagine how much they cut out of that oh you know what the, the thing is it they nightmare on Elm street that was nightmare on Elm street's mpaa fight that was that part three uh, yeah uh, yeah the, i mean everybody everybody scene. right was that scene i mean that oh, that, that scene? Little, okay. That and and the way that you fight them is that it is you would like literally take it back and cut one frame out. Yeah. I mean one, mm-hmm. and this is editorially speaking. This is in the old days when you chopped, you literally took a frame cutting out. Celluloid, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You're literally You'll cutting a frame like out and turning and turning it back in to see to see how much you can get away with. <laughs> or something ridiculous, like I heard, like with Hellraiser, Clive Barker, uh, during the the there's a sex scene in it where they would only allow him three spanks. 
as opposed to four. And it's like, what the fuck? Oh, man? like, what's mm-hmm. it matter? You know, like, yeah, it's, it's already dirty. And like, you know, um, you know, bondage and, uh, you know, sadomasochist. <laughs> Literally, it's like it's no, like you only like, get three. It's like they're being run by a bunch of Scientologists. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I wonder yeah. if they are. Well, a little on the nose there. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 very much so. Believe me, I've worked with them. Both. I, I, I right, worked with Scott the director. Tom Cruise that, in now. I, I, I worked with the director that was. I worked with the director that was a Scientologist one time, and literally, I walked onto the set, and he goes, "You know, this the, the green on this wall is like a. It's a little too. It's a little too dark." And I go, "Okay, well." And and knowing him, he goes, "I think that we need to lighten it up by like twenty percent." And and I'm not shitting. I turned right around in front of the whole crew and I said, you know what? I think the best I can do is like twelve and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and he literally, we literally sat down there and did a, a negotiation between twelve and a half and twenty percent, and finally came out to sixteen percent. With me turning around and going, what the fuck is sixteen percent of dark green? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet, sweet Ronnie, Hubbard be thy name. <laughs> Doesn't so, make any sense. So when I say Scientologist, I'm not kidding. I know how you were saying, yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, did you have anything else you wanted to say about your time on on part four and, well, et cetera? Well, not much more, but. I, I mean, overall, I was just so blown away at how, like, with all the challenges and despite all the challenges we had, we had some mishaps and things like that. The casting crew of that film just really, everybody pulled together to make some amazing shit happen. And, um, you know, and it still shows today, you know. And, and the greatest thing I'll, the I'll say shows, about all shows. of the films, about all of the films I've worked on, I don't think that there's anything quite like the Nightmare franchise that we're all still very friendly with each other today, more so than probably any other film I've worked on. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can really... tell in the book. Uh, did you guys both get to work with the fat boys on the uh, Are Yeah, you I think both did. They're both credited. <laughs> I've got a uh, Crushin' and Fat Boys Are Back on vinyl. They're did you get to favorites. meet the fat boys is really That's pretty much what I'm <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I have a great fat boys story. Awesome. So, so, yeah, so we're yeah, hanging, fat boys. We're, we're hanging in the parking lot, and the thing is, is like everybody that was on the video had to uh, had to like put in like forty five minutes or so of of babysitting the fat boys. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be, because they were just they were just it, it was just like having a bunch of adult three year olds around. Yeah, a bunch of fat boys. <laughs> I mean, abs- absolutely. I mean, they would just wander in and they would accidentally take a camera apart, right? You know? And they'd oh walk <laughs> sitting there. They would be sitting there with the lenses and the camera, the body, and everybody go, and everybody come in and completely freaking out, and they go, well, I don't know, it was shiny. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean... I shiny mean, and it came apart. It was shiny <laughs> and it actually, that you could unscrew things, right? So everybody was like really careful that so when I was watching them, we were out we were out in the parking lot and we had all these little scooters that had been promoted, right? And I think the scooters actually wind up in the film, right? Yes, I, rem- I, I remember yeah. those things. I mean it's, yeah. it's a main thing of it, right? And so all yeah. of us so I'm out there with the three guys and, and we're we're we would like, you know, zipping around the parking lot and then come up. And then we're just sitting there. We're just sitting on the scooters, all of us on a different scooter. 
and we were having a discussion about about <laughs> who was badder, right? Oh no! So the discussion is going around. It's going well. You know, you know the thing is, is it, Jason's a motherfucker, right? You know, and, and then yeah, yeah, but you know the, the thing is, is this Leatherface has got a fucking chainsaw. That chainsaw just come down and just ripping pieces. <laughs> And, and you worked guy, on Leatherface. You worked on Leatherface. Right? I, I did. I, okay, I, yeah. Not at this point. At this point, we were at still talking. At this point, about, you hadn't. But this was, yeah. You're we talking about the original one. Yeah. And, and, and anyway, this discussion is going around, and everyone has like a different. And and I, I can't think of the name. The shortest one that that had the gold teeth, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know their names. He's he's standing there. He, he's standing. He's on his his scooter, right? And he's like, and he gets quiet, and then he goes. All of a sudden, you hear him just pay. You go, you know, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's just. I, I don't care what you say. It's, just, it's, it's Freddy. It, it, you know why it's Freddy? Because he come and get you in your fucking dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I laughed so goddamn hard. I, I literally fell off the fucking little. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, another question. And, and so to you. this day, all I have to say is, you know what? Yeah. It's fucking Freddy. You get, you get, you get, you get, you get in awesome. your dreams. And Nick, you had to babysit him as well. <laughs> I don't remember having to baby just to babysit him, but I remember all the shit that went on with the scooters. We were trying, like doing, trying to jump them over things and. Dude, yeah, right. We just stupid, stupid I mean, shit they, all the time. I think that they sent. Scooters I think they sent us ten. I think they sent us ten, and we probably returned two that actually. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. That sounds a lot more fun than the movie, like to work yeah. on. <laughs> okay, and, much and, more tomfoolery, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't serious to us. I mean, we were more used to like like huge fucking problems, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You didn't have. You weren't worried about the, the by, guy. My ability to spend a half an hour just sitting on a scooter, or you know, talking <laughs> about who's the who's the baddest, right? That you just like awesome. never happened to me. <laughs> Uh, Nick, did you have one more? Yeah, question? I got a. Uh, this is this is just kind of a. My question. question is going to be after the recording. But uh, so so Mick, <laughs> um, I read online that uh, you got to work. I'm a huge comic fan and a, a big nerd or whatever. You got to work <laughs> Roger, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. That <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, what was that like? And did you do the thing, Ben Grimm's suit? I didn't. You know what? I didn't do Ben Grimm's suit. It was. That was probably the best effect of the whole movie. It 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 really was. It was I mean, cool. To my really day, cool, to man. this day, I have to tell you, I think it's the best. It's the best uh, suit, uh, and and just be even beats any of the CGI because oh, yeah. somehow or other he got character out of that whole thing. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we we did have the problem with uh with Doom in, in that he had nothing to he had nothing to talk through, so all he, all he could do was move his fingers. Yeah, which which was hilarious because every shot that you see him in, he's moving he's he's moving his his fingers. <laughs> he, he kind of he kind of like does this uh you know Mr. Burns from The Simpsons thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah that was a. Those those were all my sets and 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 I shot the second unit on it and uh, did shot the miniatures like the extension of the Moleman's lair yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I built the ship in my garage. That's awesome. I built the ship in my garage um, and the extensions of uh, the uh, the uh, you know the uh, you how the ceiling opens like a diopter. 
Mm-hmm. I actually, yeah. I actually built that diopter by, by uh, taking apart, a, 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 smashing a camera with a hammer, and and looking at how the iris worked, and then I built one. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah, man. But uh, even though that movie got, never got released, I have seen uh, the bootlegs that are, are that you know circulate conventions a lot or whatever. Right. Right. And uh, I was always thought it's like uh, after I saw the the theatrical release of the first Fantastic Four, I was like, man, Corman's beats it every fucking time. I I, <laughs> I have a funny little story that goes that goes with that. Uh, when, when we were starting the second unit stuff, is we had to do all the newspaper spin-ins, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever, you know, whatever it said. And um, so so I said, look, here's. Here's what we're going to have to do is the way that you do those is you shoot them in reverse so that you get the final frame of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you spin it backwards. Right. And 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 so basically we're going to take a drill and we're going to spin the news. We're going to put the mount the, uh, uh, the newspaper on a piece of plywood and we're going to spin it, you know, in front of a black background. And and and, and so we need a reverse cam. Now, back then. The reverse was was a special uh, feature that that uh, went on top of the uh, on top of an Aerie or a, a Panavision, and, and basically it just ran the motor back. It ran your motor backwards for the the uh, frames, right? Yeah, yeah. But we were working at Corman, and Corman had no money. Corman, Corman literally not only did he was there, he only let you use the equipment that was on. That was absolutely on that property. Yeah, I've right? heard his stories about Slumber Party Massacre and Sorority House Massacre movies. Exactly. He oh, nothing. I no, bring, I love I love the Massacre collection. So I'm, you couldn't I'm, you couldn't bring anything in if you know what they used to they used to say that if you needed a generator for lighting that and you went in and asked at the at the, uh, at the front desk he said you know could you guys give me a generator she would reach underneath the desk and she would pull out this device that you could go up and uh, clip onto the uh, tongs uh, after you took the meter off of a house. Oh my God. <laughs> that was, that was, that was your generator. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you, so, so you could like run off somebody else's. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so the DP goes like this, the DP goes, we can't do that. Uh, we can't get, a, we can't get a reverse mag. And I said, and I said, well, that's okay. We'll just turn the camera upside down. Now, here's the thing. I don't know why I know that. I <laughs> had probably done it, you know, before at some point, you know, because I'd been around for quite a while at that point. But <laughs> but the DP goes, oh, that that doesn't do it. And I go, no, actually it does. And he goes, no, he says that won't that absolutely won't work. We're gonna have to like, we're gonna have to do those shots another way. I said, well, okay, well, whatever. And <laughs> so so I. So we were going to shoot at the end of the day. We we're going to start shooting, and um, and and this was the meeting was in the mornings, and so we had to take those off the schedule. And I said, "Well, I got an idea." So I went over to the um, the on the same piece of property is the editing room, right? You know, it's like everything was done right there. And so I went in and I said, "I need I need a three foot piece of film," and. Uh, yeah, the editor just turns around and goes, ah, you know, here's an end off of and, and, you know, it's just some shot of like whatever it was. And he just hands it to me and I go up to the DP. <laughs> I go up to the DP and I go, look, and I and I hold the film up in front of me up 
you know, up in the air. And I go, this is this is the normal way that we shoot. And we shoot it this way. And I'm just swinging the, my arms in the air. Right. Ba, 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 you know, like like with the film, I go, we shoot it this way. And then all we have to do is turn it over. And then I flip the ends and and we play it back this way. And that being upside down, it it does it right. See, and I handed him the piece of film. And here's the thing. There is no way in the world that that imparts any more information (laughs) at all. I mean, you can't see anything on the film, right? And so I handed him back the film and he puts the film up and he he goes, oh, yeah, no, I see what you're talking about. (laughs) And then I left him with the film and I went back to my office. Okay, so it gets so they so then the uh, those shots wound up back on the schedule again. Right. So I'm sitting there and my art director comes in at about three thirty or something. He goes, dude, he says, there's this thing going on around here. And I got to tell you something. There's something about it that just makes me totally think that you have something to do with this. And I go, "Hmm, (laughs) what's that? He says, Everybody is walking around with a piece of film. There's a piece of film out there. Everybody's walking around. They're looking up in the and they're, and they're swinging this piece of film back and forth. And he goes, and and they're and they're just just saying this drivel bullshit about turning this thing around and the thing like this. And he, and I said, and I listened to that and I went, fucking guy, that's my <laughs> that's my fucking boss that did that, right? And I went, yeah, okay, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I think that this leads to our to the to the final to our final uh, question is how do y'all get into this kind of stuff for all those people that w- want to get into this? Is it something that you're ju- that you just kind of are drawn to and you <laughs> kind of do what you well, you know? I'd like to add to that too because like like I said earlier, uh, like I grew up like building model kits and everything, like all the old Aurora ones and like screaming model kits and all these like horror movie, like fi- scale figures, airbrushing, uh, hand <laughs> stuff. I love it from beginning to end. I love it. But like what you guys do is like the dream. And I understand you guys have like, you know, your you know, fair share of hur- hurdles through like, you know, uh, directors of photography and everybody on the you know, higher rungs or whatever, all yeah. the other units. <laughs> I really, really love practical effects and I love, you know, painting three dimensional things and like making them work and everything. How did you guys come to this? Was it comics? Was it, you know, how, like, what was the initial interest is what I want to know. <laughs> well, for me, it's, uh, it started pretty early cause my, my mother was a executive for universal studios. So, oh, wow. and, and I was, and she was married to my stepfather was an editor in the business. I actually started as an editor, as an apprentice editor, cutting celluloid on uh, what used to be called a chem eight plate, great big film machine that you thread all the soundtrack and the and picture through, uh, sync it all up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I I apprenticed on on a few things for him when I started, but I was moonlighting in a band, and Mm -hmm. my my passion was always I was always a monster kid. I loved Universal monsters. I loved all it the old exactly horror like movies. Our Nick over here. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was a hammer oh, horror really nut. Lady. So yeah, so I, I, you know, in my bands, I wanted to do really theatrical, weird shit. And um, at God, I don't know how old I was, but 
there was a guitarist I was working with. I was looking for a place to live in Hollywood at the time. I wound up moving in with my guitarist, and the other roommate was Steve Johnson. Okay. And, and my guitarist's brother was was Kevin Brennan, who worked for Rick Baker and some other folks, and he's a really talented uh, effects guy as well. Uh, so I had these two, you know, effects geniuses living in the house, and I kept bouncing ideas off of them for the, you know, stuff I wanted to do on stage. And uh, eventually, you know, Steve Steve just piped up and said, "Hey, well, I've got this film. Why don't you come make Rubber Monsters?" And yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the end of it, you know. <laughs> I, uh, or the beginning. I gave up music for that, you know. And Mick, what about you? I my sister was a, uh, I I was. I always did construction, um, and whenever I got bored, I would switch to another type of construction. And I lived outside of Hollywood, out in San Bernardino. My sister was a wasn't did costume design for off, 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 off Broadway shows that you literally paid to, to be part of the crew on a show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. little black box theaters. Right, the little black box uh, under fifty, under fifty people, all that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And one of the directors got uh, uh, got a, a, this $5 million play, Canadian film called Play Safe. And, uh, and uh, they, uh, he gets this $5 million job and it shoots in L.A. So CJ comes to L.A. Uh, and and the, the thing is that there's something about, I mean, he knows that he doesn't the director knows that he doesn't know what's going on so uh he can't hire somebody that's he has to hire people that aren't going to reveal that he doesn't know what he's doing so he hired my sister <laughs> yeah. to do all the set painting and the, and the design right and so my sister had the same problem you know she couldn't hire anybody that was from the, the crews in LA so she hired me to come in and paint, and I painted a robot, the Aster robot, uh, which, which is really weird. Is I didn't, I literally it went that job went away, and and I went on in Hollywood, and I two years ago, some I mentioned that robot, and some Canadian guy went, oh, oh my god, he says that played after school. It was called Play Safe. That played after school for 40 years in in Canada. <laughs> Canada. Shit. No, on, on TV. Right Degrassi. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so my little robot, you know, uh, was there forever. And and, and I, I have to tell you, the thing is, is the way that I actually uh, went from there to being a production designer and getting, you know, is into the business as I did is that I never made an adult. I never made any adult decisions in my life. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go, Nick. <clears throat> I, yeah. I mean, you can't, not you, not you, Nick, this Nick, yeah, that's yeah. on my end. Because no, no, no. people would always <laughs> offer, people would all offer me great jobs and, and say, you know, you should be doing this with your life and da, da, da. And, and I should have gone to school and all the rest of that. But, um, no, uh, uh, I would just turn around and and, and go. <laughs> somebody come in and say, "Well, let's go. Do, let's do this film." And I go, "Fucking, I'm I'm on it." You know? <laughs> Hell yeah! <man. laughs> Hell yeah! I think that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, just stop making adult decisions. 
Well, <laughs> listen, I, 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 unfortunately, you're, you're I did it with children. I did it with children and a wife and everything. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, I think uh, you're talking to his language. I think my parents would say are unfortunately talking my language as well. But yeah. Uh, most I did go to school, but I'm not doing anything with my degree. Most professional so. thing I've ever done, besides being in a band uh, and touring around, <laughs> is uh, uh, and now I'm working with graphics as a silk screener. So you know, like we were talking about earlier, with working with silk screens and everything. But uh, yeah, man, I, I love what you guys do, and I'm I'm glad you guys are still doing it. It's a very very uh, like I said, that's the kind of stuff that uh, I I'm very interested in. I'm just you know in, in a different part of the country, and uh, I, I do what I can. But man. I love what you guys do. Like it's inspiring. Even whenever I work at models uh, and my little art uh, room at my house. Like, thank you. And we're it. sorry for taking up so much of your time. Thank you for, uh, thank <laughs> you for being on <laughs> this. The, it, this uh, has uh, been wonderful and enlightening and hilarious. And I, I think everyone will get something out of this. I hope so. I awesome. mean, well, if they're listening to something about Nightmare on Elm Street and they don't want to hear about this, then oh, if they don't like it. They fuck, can fuck off. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, thank you guys so much. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Of course, yeah, I mean, just, you know, uh, n- nothing's better than um, talking about um, mistakes I made 40 years ago. Well, the, <laughs> the most beautiful mistakes. Dude, in the I watched world. that mistake last night and it was the shit. <laughs> I don't like the mistake I made last night. Now most of my mistakes have to go with burning dinner. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, mine go with. Yeah. Well, yeah. we won't go into what mine go into, but there are mistakes <laughs> made. Uh, but thanks, guys. And <laughs> everyone, I think everyone's going to fucking love this. This is amazing. I think so. um, okay. So we're going to talk about our favorite deaths. Um, so it's going to be there. Obviously, all, all three are our favorites, but mm-hmm. we have to go in order. So, Brad, what is your third favorite my third favorite is joey from number four because i really like the waterbed oh, yeah. like like he was almost on that's like list. a nightmare i think i've had it was like getting trapped in a bed or something that's and a, i think that's it's a, such yeah. a cool visual well, that's dude, a death i remember dude for a long Fred, time freddie yeah, like, freddie knows joey so well in the third one he he, he does this uh, uh he keeps messing he keeps giving him girls yeah he, like he knows exactly what that prepubescent boy is or that pubescent boy is uh is into he's just like yeah man hey what's up so in but in number three uh like Freddie makes out with Joey. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing the nurse. Yeah, and everyone wants to talk about number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen the outtakes from that scene where they had that lady in the oh, Freddie yeah, makeup? It was a, no, it was, it was supposed to turn into Freddie. So she was it's supposed to turn into straight Freddy. up th- in the thong and topless yeah. with a Robert England head. I'll, we'll look it up. Okay, you okay. guys. You can see why I didn't make it. Oh yeah, All yeah. Right. All right. It didn't work. Um, what's your third favorite? Okay, uh, from Freddy's Dead, Carlos, the hearing aid, where Freddy uh, takes and he like stretches out. It's like kind of weird and psychedelic, but he stretches out. He has this tiny little chalkboard and he like stretches it out and then he stretches it out again and he starts like rubbing his uh you know his knife his finger knives on it his blades and uh, he's got this weird like scarab looking like hearing aid in the side of his head. Carlos does, and then finally after you know his head's throbbing after all the, you know it's it's heightened his senses or whatever. Because, uh, you know, he's a deaf kid in one ear or whatever. But uh, his head just fucking explodes. Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. like, I don't know. I think it's awesome. I also like in that scene how they skip, the, they like say fuck the rule of threes. And like Freddy goes from one pin 
to like a handful immediately. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. one, two, and then 50 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like one, 50, and then the next cat. Uh, yeah, my third favorite is Jennifer from part three. Uh, she's the one that wants to be on TV. Welcome to Primetime. Welcome to Primetime, oh, yeah, bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. That's a great effect. Zsa Zsa Gabor and Dick yeah. Cabot. Uh-huh, yeah. like, I love, love that, that. I mean, the whole, like, the whole buildup of that scene with her, like, put, putting out cigarettes on herself to stay awake, and then she's watching that happen, and then she goes up to it, and he comes out, and he ad-libbed that. That was not in the script. Welcome to Primetime, bitch. He thought of that all on his own? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I know. No, um, a tr- he a said a one-liner genius. and then bitch. A true Robert genius. England. A true so genius. which is the better cameo, Zsa Zsa Gabor and Dick Cavett, or Wally George and Damn Yankees, number five? Or Roseanne Barr oh, and Tom Rodder. Well, Tom no, Rodder. it's like the television. They have, like, Wally George versus Damn Yankees, which is so funny, because it's like a right-wing person yelling at Ted Nugent, <laughs> which is so funny. Like, <laughs> that, that how didn't the times age have well. changed. Yeah, <laughs> how the times have changed. Dick Cavett and Jaja, definitely, but the other one is funnier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to renounce my fandom of Nugent's music just because of the complete piece of shit he whatever. is. Uh, whatever. Stranglehold's still a fucking awesome song. I, yeah. But uh, he doesn't sing it. He's no Johnny Depp. He doesn't sing <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, uh, Brad, your mm-hmm. number two favorite death. Number two was a death I fell in love with this run through. It was Dan from part five, the motorcycle, the motorcycle death, yeah. when he gets all Yeah, fuck out. And it's really cool. The music is great. Yeah, yeah the music it. is good. Actually, that movie to me, I know it was like, I think it was the bottom of my list, but yeah. the way it starts out, I thought i was gonna like it more than i, I, I like what freddie says to him while freddie's like the cybernetic bike he's like never dream and drive and it's kind of yeah. like the electric prunes i had too much to dream last night yeah yeah and like he that. looks like Pinbot. yeah yeah <laughs> it's awesome it's fucking awesome yeah and it also reminds me of that stupid video game from uh, uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, Twisted Metal, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like it's real. It's real. Yeah, it's very Tetsuo or like, Sinistar. Tetsuo the Sinistar, Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. Which is an awesome movie. Uh, what's yeah. your What's your number two? Um, I'm gonna switch it around. My number two is Tina, the first death. Uh, I oh, just think it's okay. there's no, like again, there's nothing that needs to be said. I, I I could go on and on about it. It's just fucking awesome. Yeah. Everything about that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's the first one you see. Nobody had ever seen anything like that. A girl getting dragged across the ceiling, and then, of course, her boyfriend gets blamed for it. It's fucking perfect, man. It's great. Yeah. The lighting's great. Everything's cool. One thing I noticed about that is how violent that is and how much blood is yeah. in that oh, room. Oh, it's a lot. When they arrest Rod... No blood on his pants no, or jacket. Not at no, all. He is spotless. Or well, his chest. They, think, and, well, they think, don't even ask I, how he got her to like I scrape think, her across the fucking I ceiling. Think they talk, like, I think they talk about that though. Like in the movie, I think Nancy's like, "Why didn't he have any blood on him?" I think she says something like that. I think it's because he's got. Oh, a, I think it's does, because he's actually. got a little Latino. Yeah, I think she's in him. like, "It wasn't him." The, you know? No, they just wanted to lock up a Latino man. Yeah, the, probably right, right wing sex. The hottest one. It's it's he's like one of those best. He's probably my favorite character from the first one because he's he's such an asshole and then turns out like... He's a softy underneath course, it all. He yeah, wants to do good. He's the yeah. rebel with a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking love him. Uh, my second favorite is Philip from Part Three. Another one from Part Three. Oh, he's the one that gets uh, his veins. Oh, the marionette. Yeah, yeah, turned, yeah, yeah. He, he gets turned into a puppet, and That's then an awesome thrown scene. off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the, the claymation whenever Freddy turns uh, into the puppet and then yeah. gets down. Then like, yeah, it's awesome. And yeah. when he pulls his veins out, it's it, it still hurts to watch. 
Oh yeah, like being pulled out, and then he's just like walking. But you know, he looks—he's a sleepwalker, so he just looks like yeah, he's like yeah, walking yeah. weird. But then it goes back and forth from that to seeing that, and it's horrific. And he has that great line: "Welcome to the snake pit." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, Brad, your favorite death? My favorite death. Um, I know I normally have hot takes and shit, but I gotta go with. My favorite death. It's Tina. It's, it's Tina. Mine's Tina. Tina's Mine's awesome. Tina too, so. It's such a cool effect. Um, obviously, a bunch of work went into it. I mean, it's it's really how you know rip. in those movies too that like this is unlike any other horror movie you've ever seen. Signature. I mean, yeah. when it's when it when her uh, nightgown gets cut, gets ripped open, and the yeah the not the knives yeah the invisible really knives and it comes out and then she just starts like being picked up and pulled and like you don't know how that's being fucking I done would, i would imagine mm-hmm. i don't know how they did that effect but i would imagine that they, they it was a someone, rotating room but i don't know i'm talking about the four simultaneous blades uh, fishing line uh, yeah that's what i was about to say something like yeah. uh you know uh clear pulled real fast and then something blood, that they didn't push feel the blood up which her, is crazy <laughs> But it looked, it was so fast and everything, and it looked real and everything. But what's your number one favorite? Because uh, every, everybody Nick has knows a this. One. Uh, it's the it's Debbie the cockroach uh, transformation from number four. Man, um, that fucking effect is so cool. And that chick's like, she hates bugs. Of course, they have to build that shit up. Give her a little bit of a backstory. And then uh, the like, you know, she's like a, a lifter. You know, she lifts. She gets swole. And uh, but yeah, then she like Freddie like pushes the what is it the um, <clears throat> the the weight down on her arms, and her arms just like cr- like crack. Yeah. <clears throat> and become a become like cockroach arms, and then that part where she pulls, she gets caught in the fucking what is it? The fly, the, the you know, roach the, motel the wax. The roach motel wax. Uh, and the, we the talked goo, to the but guy. But she pulls her, she pulls her fucking face off, and then you get like her voice goes from screaming to like. And then Freddie is like, yeah, what does he say? He's like, you check in, but no one checks out. And then he squeezes the Roach Motel and all that fucking goo comes out. And it's well, like, that's what a goo. great effect. Well, Nick and I recently went to Frankie Con and met the special effects guy from part four. Yeah. And that's the goo he was talking I know, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that stuff is There odd, is a dude. really cool story behind that. Uh, if buys uh, that is my favorite. Uh, and I've got, uh, I've got two honorable mentions. Yeah, mine was... What was my honorable mention? It was Debbie. It was the cockroach. Okay, yeah. yeah. So my honorable mention... And I men- think that John Saxon also would Well, be. yeah, but my honorable mention death is Julie from New Nightmare because it's a, a hail back to uh, Tina. She gets scraped across the hospital uh, roo- or ceiling or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but in this, skin the cat. But in this one, it's extra sinister because you have a kid watching, you know, so it's super cruel. And then uh, the, uh, my uh, other honorable mention is kind of uh, unorthodox. It's John Saxon dying in number three whenever he dies in the junkyard. He gets pushed and impaled. But then right after that, he goes like from beyond as a ghost or like, you know, a heavenly angel or whatever to Nancy. And he goes and like says to Nancy, like, hey, honey, I really love you. I'm sorry. I was such I'm a shitty. Drunk. I'm drunk. I was drunk <laughs> as fuck. I'm so sorry. So that's two fucking parents. <laughs> That have like basically from beyond been like, listen, Sorry I know I was I drunk. So Nancy had a raw deal. Yeah, I did never. I guess I didn't never think about that till now. It's both. Well, that's what happens when. <clears throat> that's what happens when you die. You get to go to everybody and be like, hey, remember that one time? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then you twinkle off, you know. Oh, I got to get an honorable mention in. We didn't know. Yeah, we had yeah, honorable yeah. Mentions. I already did mine. Mine's Tina as well. So, and my honorable mention. Who is mine's yours? Coach Schneider from number one. two. Ooh. 
Because that's a good one. Yeah, he was totally about to molest that guy. He was gonna do something. Yeah, and then Freddie was like, "Oh, oh, oh I'm gonna be doing <laughs> all the molesting here. This is my forte. I never really picked up on that. Like as a kid, or even like in high school, and I was like, "Oh, he's grabbing like the jump ropes yeah. and stuff. And he's like in the showers yeah. and yeah. stuff." Yeah. I was like, that are going "Oh shit!" Well, also, and that's such a weird like um, you know. Every once in a while in these slasher movies, there's this. It's not a good moral judgment, but yeah. there is like a moral, ju- you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. The cook and sleepaway camp, sure. or like you yeah, know, like he like deserved that. to. Well, he did, we don't know if he. Well, died, one of the weird yeah. things about that, the coach's death or whatever, is right before that when he's in the like the room with all the balls, like the par- the poltergeist uh, balls, like you know everything in the room's going. He doesn't really react. He's just like looking around, like what the fuck. And it's like <laughs> any normal person would be like, I'm fucking out of here. He's just like, wait, what is this? And it's like everything in the room is flying across the room. He's like. And, I, I, that, and like, he has a yeah. look on his face like he's gonna blame the the kid Jesse. He's gonna be yeah. like, "You did this." Like, kid already got blamed for an exploding bird. It's you know? also weird. Did he walk that kid from a gay in bar, leather gear, yeah, to the high school? <laughs> Presumably, let's say nine thirty p.m. Yeah, from a leather bar. And if someone found him, just be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I got my boy running drills." Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, yeah. I don't it's know. It's very strange. It's, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, let's do, Nick and I will do our favorite final girl, and then we'll let Brad have the favorite final, his favorite final girl as a special guest. So, who is your favorite final girl? Uh, everybody knows it, man. Jesse Walsh. Uh, the, the scream, scream queen himself, Mark, Mark Patton. Patton. Yeah. He's Which great. is strange. Not, not because... In general, final boys do not work in well, slashers. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this too about this. Like, um, in all actuality, my favorite, favorite one of the series is number two, but I think number one is a better film. I I love number two. I think it's the best one. I It's the one I always go to watch first. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Patton, Jesse Walsh. My yeah. um, favorite final girl of the series is Alice Johnson from four and five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she I, survives through both she, of this, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's the only person only who survived. And she's a fucking badass. Minutes. And there's also well, a picture. Does Nancy survive? No, she dies no, in part three. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah okay. And also, there's a picture of her that I found that she kind of looks like me. So maybe that's another reason. But not really. Um, I just, I just Are like you the that, dream master? I, well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pregnant with this love child of Freddy. I, I wouldn't joke about in this, I wouldn't joke about that in this day and age. When we first met, <laughs> be you careful. were the dream student, bitch. The ba- yeah. but ba- bastard child of Steve. Uh-huh. <laughs> Steve Harrington? A, a thousand Steves. But my dog or the character? Whichever one you want. It would be the character. Um, not my dog. So. <laughs> um, Thank Brett, God. Well, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, hey, whatever you do, whenever the lights are out and the drapes are gone, I don't give a shit. Stranger Things season four just came out. He is looking just as good as ever. Can and we talk about also, Johnny Depp again? 30 years old. So, a lot older than I thought. Anyway. Um, so, he's legal. He's very, uh, yes. All right, back to the, uh, you know. So, uh, Brad, who's your favorite final girl? Well, you know, you ha- always have me on for the hot takes, and I'm going with Lori from Fred. No, I'm just <laughs> Lori from Freddy versus Jason. No. The worst, like maybe the worst <laughs> final girl of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, this is such a rare occasion. I can't believe we get to it's share this moment. Nancy? 
My favorite final girl is Alice. We never agree oh on anything. Yeah. We never agree on anything. I <laughs> love yeah. Alice. Like I said, um, this time, what I've learned is I think Dream Master and Dream Child are the shit. They're the ones I'm going to be revisiting before any of these other movies. Um, I think Alice is so cool how she starts off so innocent and becomes this badass, like throughout time it's like a yeah, Sigourney in, Weaver-ass I, I think, thing or she's something the most like, innocent of I think all of the characters at the yeah. beginning like like her transformation she starts out as probably the most innocent of anyone. yeah one thing I did notice I don't about, like that no one said Nancy yeah well I mean you know it's I she's not, that's she's a not one of my favorite well, I mean, final girls it's, it's like me uh, you know saying my favorite is number one and like you know the like Tina is a, a, the one of the it's like it's a classic you know well, yeah oh, but I, Nancy, I mean I, but I still don't I wouldn't put I don't I even put Nancy on my favorite final girl list I don't put her I don't put Jamie Lee Curtis in anything and I don't put um fucking Nev Campbell and I don't put uh, who's that other bitch that everyone oh Alice from Friday the 13th Get out of here. They're just not on my... Fa- y'all, y'all make your own damn list. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's my list. Well, tell us how you really feel. Well, that's what... The what shit I got from... Why is she on there? Why is she on I don't know, because it's my list, not yours. Go make one. Fuck you, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're... Yeah. She's going to listen to this and be like, maybe we'll get an interview out of her because everyone's so fucking nice to her, probably. Well, yeah, antagonistic in- uh, interviewee. Fuck you, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let her, no, get her on. Let her say her piece. Yeah. Way to, way to really... Give it, give it to him in part Tell three. us why you're the best without saying you're the OG. <laughs> Step. <laughs> Step, Langenkamp. One thing that did bother me about number five and Alice is she's having such a hard time convincing her friends that Freddy Krueger is real. Especially and she never brings up, hey, remember like a year ago when I had a completely different friend group and then they all died within the matter of like three days? Yeah, and also remember my That's boyfriend That's about to Dan? happen again. <laughs> what? Like, remember my boyfriend Dan that just died that could have very easily impregnated me? Well, and that's what but, I mean. Like the, but yeah, the whole other thing. It's like, yeah, remember how like no, you're my new friends because all my other friends died. <laughs> yeah. But I guess like especially Yvonne, or Yvonne, like she didn't give a fuck Dude, until the end. Every, everybody in these movies and uh, in the, in the early ones, at least the first three. Um, or the first two and then I think number four it's like anytime like uh, they meet somebody and they're like somebody's like I'm having dreams about this guy or whatever and they're like oh you live in that old uh, Elm Street house right you know old, you know the old Freddy by, by four Nancy's house and they're like yeah some girl went crazy in there I don't know all the friends died you know I get, and then they tell them about Fred and they're like you're crazy man no. it's like this has happened year after year after year I think by four by number four they start they all kind of believe it pretty quickly well yeah number four is where they figure out in the middle of the dream that they're dreaming they're like oh shit yeah, yeah it, mm-hmm. t- it took them four movies but like three they they had gone by you know midway through they knew and, and uh, another uh, hidden like gem of uh, the third one of dream uh, warriors is a uh, these kids can tell the truth about Freddy and nobody's going to believe them because they're locked in a fucking psych ward right. you know so it's like that's a good setting that's a really good plot device yeah and it gave a good chance for Heather Langham to come back, which I guess she did again, but whatever. Well, by the by, the midway through it, even uh, Larry Fishburne was like, no, nah, I don't even want you talking to the kids because you're fucking crazy. He, he, <laughs> they all know the story. It's a yeah. small town. <laughs> so you have any, I thought you had some quotes for us. Brad. Oh, I've got all the quotes from the beginning of the films. Yeah, let's hear those. Brad's just going to say bitch eight times. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you bring it up. Um, let me see. When's it, when do they first start? I think they first start in number four. Yeah. 
Jordan. Like number you mean three. like his like first one liners? Yeah, no, no. It's like when they'll it'll show New Line Cinema and then show a quote before the movie oh, starts. Oh, right, right, right. That okay. So the first one's actually in Dream Warriors. I thought the first one was it. The first one is in the first one. No. Yeah, it is. No, no. Yes, it is, is it? because I used it in a song. Oh, no. it's Are a you sure? yeah, yeah. No, it's not. For the, he who falls asleep, he opens well, that's up not the, the kid says no, this in is the classroom. Insane. It's like a quote they just put on the screen they before that. anything. They, they do that in that. And the dream begins to no, creep. No, no. In the first one, in? the kid says as Nancy's falling asleep in the class, in Lynn Shay's class of all things, she's in that movie. <laughs> do you something of he who falls asleep? Something in the dream begins to creep. Yeah, no. This is what I'm talking. This is um pre. It's like, kind of opening. like thriller. How it has at the beginning, like the cult thing. That's yeah. what you're or like uh, the omen. It starts out with the the thing in Revelations. Yeah, no, no. This is like I said. It'll show new lines, shit, and then it'll like show a quote like this, which uh, this is sleep. Those little slices of death. How I loathe them. By Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Same birthday as me. And then the next one in Dream Master. When the deep sleep falleth on man, fear came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Job. Yeah, biblical Chapter shit. 5, verse 13, 14. And then in Freddy's Dead, they do one. Do you know the terror of he who falls okay, asleep? That, this is, this to is the very go. toes, he is terrified, because the ground gives way under him, and the dream begins. Instead of Freddy, uh, this is Freddy. It's Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a what, Freddy uh, quote. What was that and from? And then it goes, welcome to primetime, bitch. Hell Freddy yeah. Krueger. Which one's that from? That's from Freddy's Dead. Okay, because we, yeah, when we yeah. had that Body Girls Freddy. band, yeah. we... Did a song called "Dream the Dream Creep," and I used the first part of that quote in the chorus. The Dream Creep sounds like some like really really shifty dude that all the girls want to fuck. No. <laughs> oh, he's a dreamy creep. Yeah, well, <laughs> the Dream Creep over there at no, Urban no Bar over Corner Cafe. It was, a, it was fucking great lyrics, but Dreamy Creep. I went to the uh, bar last night and I saw the Dream Creep. Oh my god, <laughs> he's been in my dreams. Such a creep. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I guess that's all we have. So you know what? We probably piss y'all off with with our picks. Yeah, sit on it. Yeah, sit and spin. Stick it. So um, this is where we come to the close of our show. Stay gagged with the Roach Motel. Uh, uh, stay, on. stay gagged on one-liners with bitch at the ending. Gag me with a knife, bitch. <laughs> there you go, yeah, yeah. And uh, hey, uh, Mark Patton, seriously, if you ever want to do this, we I love you. Emily, it's not her, it's not her favorite, too. but it's okay, my favorite. It wasn't my favorite, but... Kim Myers, we're down with you. I'm down with you, too. Emily's not. It's not I her favorite. I think you look it's like Meryl favorite. Streep. Yeah, yeah. Hotter Mer- Meryl Streep. I'd rather have Kim Myers. Kim Myers, did uh, I say, you can quote did me I on that. Kim not. Myers. Uh, did, I didn't say hotter. No, no. I saw her at that Comic-Con. She didn't have no wedding ring on. <laughs> she put, she takes it off. For There's a chance. Sikito Rick was hey, probably there. We if you're know. into making mistakes, uh, hey, I'm your guy. <laughs> Should have told her that at the time. It wasn't right. I was more into Mark at the time. <laughs> well, anyway, go grab our merch at gagmewithanifepodcast.com find us on social media instagram and tiktok gag me with a knife podcast and we will see you next time bye have fun in your dreams bitch oh yeah and thanks brad yeah <laughs>
Guard. 